is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. In the field, number 70. We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Short open. Chicago with the lead! Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mark. Hello, everybody! This is Below the Mark. We are live every single Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, you can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and download our app. How do you do that? You go to iOS, which is WWSRN or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, there's a great show. Well, we have a great show lined up for you. There is a great show lined up for you as well. Uh, we don't have any special guests today, but we do have Jeff from Tampa joining us at 7 p.m. I did want to get him in the beef on the show, and I wanted him to go at it with one another. I don't know if that's going to happen because the beef does not want to talk to Jeff, <laughs> but I would love to get him on the show and, and, and argue out uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the NFL, the Cowboys, the Patriots, and some of the crap they've been arguing with uh, each other for the the last, I don't know, five to four years. But um, hopefully we get one of them on the show. Hopefully we get both of them on the show. But that's what we're going to have them at. We're going to have them on at, at, at the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, during the first couple of segments, we do, we're definitely going to get into sports and entertainment news. We do that every single uh, Wednesday. But we're also going to get into uh, the Robinson Cano PED situation <laughs> with the New York Mets. How it, how it affects Robinson Cano's career moving forward as a major league player and how it absolutely benefits the New York Mets moving forward in this offseason. Uh, we're also going to get into the NBA draft. Obviously, the New York Knicks move up from 27 to 23. Do they move up uh, in the in the the five mark, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say the Knicks want to move up to five. Uh, there's a particular player they're interested in. Uh, I don't know who that is. Are they trying to move up to try to make a, a move for LaMelo Ball? I mean, some people think that. Mm-hmm. So we will get into that a little bit later. We are also going to get into the Joe Judge and offensive coordinator ordeal with the New York football giants. Uh, Joe Judge had a fist fight. Uh, yesterday uh, with the offensive coordinator, and then he fires the offensive coordinator. Uh, Everybody talks about the uh, New York Jets being a complete joke. Uh, This story, if this is true, that's a complete joke. And and I'm not taking a shot at Joe Judge, but uh, it's a very interesting thing moving forward. Uh, What do they do with uh, Garrett? I mean, this is Garrett's offensive coordinator uh, from the – from the New, Cowboys. He from the Cowboys. Player, he was a former player, too, on the yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, not, not offensive coordinator. I'm sorry. Offensive line uh, coach. Offensive line coach. So, and he was the one that uh, Garrett really, really liked, Jason Garrett. And he's the one who brought him to the New York football Giants. So that's going to be an interesting argument and story that we're going to talk about moving forward. But we do this every single Wednesday. We call this Sports and Entertainment News. Mets and Robinson Cano banned for a year due to PEDs. Well, today came out that Robinson Cano was uh, tested for PEDs and again was caught. Uh, Alex Rodriguez-esque, you know, 
Robinson Cano with the New York Yankees was probably doing PEDs, a.k.a. Alex Rodriguez. We'll see what happens moving forward with Robinson Cano, but it doesn't look good for Robinson Cano. It does look good for the New York Mets moving forward this offseason. Great way to go out, Brody. <laughs> Francisco, well, Francisco Lindor should pull a James Harden and demand a trade to the Yankees. I don't know of demanding a trade to the Yankees, but the Mets are one of those teams that are very interested in Francisco Lindor. Uh, I do believe that Lindor wants to play for the Yankees. Uh, he grew up a New York Yankee fan. Uh, with all the uh, great times in the 90s with Derek Jeter and Robinson Cano and and all the great teams that the Yankees have had in the 90s with Paul O'Neill and all that great uh, greatness, um, I do believe Francesco Lindor has a, an interest in the New York Yankees organization. The question is, are the Yankees willing to pay him? Or are the Yankees willing to trade prospects for him? Knowing Brian Cashman's history, that answer is probably no. NFL rumors and news. All NFL teams are ordered into intensive protocols starting Saturday. Obviously with PD, uh, you know, I'm sorry, the COVID-19 situation, uh, there's going to be protocols moving forward with some of the teams and some of the players and how they're uh, spending time with their families or friends on and off the field. So that's something that the NFL is going to really jot down on. Carlo, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Carson Wentz says he's not listening to outside noise. Obviously, Carson Wentz has not played well all season long. He hasn't played all really, really well since his injury, tearing his ACL and MCL uh, when he was an MVP candidate. Uh, this team has completely looked worse and worse offensively uh, for the last couple of years now that Nick Foles is playing for the disgruntled Chicago Bears. So that's going to be an interesting story moving forward. Now he's hurt, too. He left the game late in the game in the fourth quarter. It's either going to be a back injury or a hip injury, but it looks severe from what I've heard. Top NFL free agents most likely switch teams in 2021. Well, I know a lot of people looking at Tom Brady, Antonio, Antonio Brown, or Rob Gronkowski. I don't know who's going to want Antonio Brown after this season because I think he's washed up. And Rob Gronkowski, this could be his last season. Tom Brady, if he wins the Super Bowl, it could be his last season as well. So it won't be them, that's for sure. Brock's only going to follow Brady anyway, so wherever he goes, Brady will go or vice versa. NBA rumors and news. What's driving the John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade rumors? Well, it's very simple. John Wall doesn't want to play for Washington, and Russell Westbrook doesn't want to play for Houston. Well, that's what's uh, the argument right now. Both players do not want to play for respectable teams, and they both want out. So that's why it's a huge talk of the town. Uh, Russell Westbrook being a huge uh, player right now in hand for the New York Knicks or the Clippers, and John Wall with everybody else. Uh, Lakers playing the role in why Kevin Durant wants James Harden. Well, obviously that makes them a fab three. It gives them a better chance of winning against some of those Western Conference teams. The Golden State Warriors being one of them, which are going to have the number two pick in this draft. And they have a significant amount of players coming back from injury. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and obviously with Wiggins on the team, this is going to be a very fun team to watch uh, being 100% healthy. Uh, and the Lakers, of course. Oh, yeah. Anthony Davis, many players surprised by December 22nd season start date. Why? Why are they surprised? They want to start before the NHL season uh, to draw more fans for Christmas time and also uh, to get any two season in. So I think they want to make sure that the season comes in with this whole COVID-19, and they don't want to do. They don't want to start the, se the season with a bubble. So yeah, and again, they, they would have to do it at some point. At some point, they have to reset it back to normal. They're not going to change the schedule just permanently because of this. 
best place for James Harden to win is in Toronto, per Channing Fry. Well, of course Channing Fry is saying that. He's playing for Toronto. I, I mean, James Harden is, is a player that will make any team better offensively. Worse defensively. I don't know if it makes sense going to the Brooklyn Nets when you have Kyrie Irving as a play defense. You have um, you have James Harden as a play defense. And Kevin Durant, a decent defensive player. And now you have a coach like, I don't know, Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni that preaches no defense. So it doesn't make sense. Yeah, you might have a chance for Kenny Atkinson to save his defense. But no, they fired him. For Toronto, Nick Nurse maybe, but I mean, how much are you going to say for James Harden's defense? <laughs> Celtics could land James Harden. Knicks could land Russell Westbrook in a three-team blockbuster trade. I don't even want to see what they're trying to put together in a trade like this. It makes more sense for Russell Westbrook to go to the Knicks because the Knicks don't have to give up much. Uh, James Harden, you're going to have to give up a significant amount. Uh, MLB rumors and news. Ten teams that could heat up in the MLB's chilly 2020 and 2021 free agency market. There are two teams that are here in New York that will be, the Yankees and the Mets. That's all we care about right now. Um, Pete Rose, betting on baseball was the only mistake I have ever made in my life. Well, I'm sure there's other mistakes that you made in your life. You just don't want to put it on paper and say it. So that's not a news to me. Indians, Mike Chernoff, top candidate for Mets president baseball operation. Big mistake yeah if the Mets do that I turn off who his father runs WFAN no clue to me and I understand he grew up a New York Met fan I could care less who the Mets bring in except if it's Theo Epstein yeah for for the, the Indians they've been a good player development organization he's made a lot of weird moves obviously he wound up not the only guy but a lot of weird moves being made in that front office for sure Theo Epstein already said that he wants to take off his season so I don't know if he's going to the Mets either yeah. NHL rumors and news. Uh, Canadians health official. World Juniors plan looking very promising. So that's good. Uh, we'll see a World Junior Championship, which we love to see. We see the next future American, Canadian, Russian, Swedish, and Finland players that we see come out. Why Michael DiPietro is far and away the Canucks' top goaltending prospect. Well, uh, they've got a couple of good prospects right now in the farm system, but... I, I don't know much about Michael DiPietro, but this if you guys want to read this story, prosportsdaily.com. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for sports and entertainment news. I, again, there's so much going on here in New York. I'm very surprised New York is really controlling the tabloids uh, today in sports. And that's all around the country in sports. With the Joe Judge situation, uh, the New York Knicks moving up from 27 to 23, trying to get up to... The fifth pick, so they can possibly move up and get LaMelo Ball, who a lot of people think could fall out of the top three. Um, it's crazy. And um, obviously, all the other stuff going on with the New York Knicks. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the New York Jets. <laughs> uh, the New York football Jets. Uh, I mean, there's just some. And Robinson Cano, who is a, a complete, utter joke. It really is. And I want to get into that first, because... Robinson Cano, who's been uh, in the tabloids over the last couple of years, and, and really for the last 10 years, coming from the Yankees, deciding to take a $225 million contract to leave the Bronx, which I think was the best thing for the New York Yankees, a.k.a. they shouldn't have signed uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. Uh, but uh, I think it was a smart move by the New York Yankees and Brian Cashman not bringing back Robinson Cano. He did nothing in Seattle. 
Uh, then the trade, uh, which uh, shocked the New York Mets fan, the Mets trading away their top uh, prospect in the farm system to bring in Diaz and Robinson Cano, which a lot of people thought was going to be Brody Van Wagenen's uh, bright spot of their uh, trade methods, and it didn't really work out. Diaz has been a complete bust. Robinson Cano getting caught with, uh, again, steroids, uh, being caught over there in Seattle with steroids, um, missing 80 games. Now he's going to miss a whole season. Uh, how does this benefit the New York Mets? Well, the Mets are – you take $20 million off their salary cap. That means – the Mets can go after a second baseman this offseason if they don't want if they want to move McNeil to third base, they could do so, or uh, they can keep McNeil and, and try to get a third baseman, aka uh, Nolan Arenado or somebody like that, or maybe making a trade for Lindor and uh, moving Lindor to shortstop and figuring out what you could do in free agency at third base. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I look at the the Mets right now. This is a good sign for them because. There is a player right now playing for the New York Yankees that won the batting title, uh, is expecting a lot of money this offseason. And the Yankees have already come out and said they're not going to overpay for players this offseason. Now, obviously, with Uncle uh, Stevie running the organization, I think he's going to open up his pockets. And it might be a cheaper move to bring in somebody like a DJ LeMayu than uh, Francisco Lindor. Yeah, I mean, I love Lindor as a player. I think he's very well-rounded. And, and More I, than DJ LeMayu? Um, yeah. You're out of your mind. But it's You're not, out of your mind. Yeah, in, terms of, in terms of raw Raw power, Raw, raw pow- power, raw- who hasn't done anything in the playoffs. So you're, gonna, you're rather Francisco Lindor, who's about 25, 26 years old, who's only three years younger than DJ LeMayu, who's won two batting titles, one in the National League, one in the American League. He was up for an MVP. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense why you think Lindor's the guy. Just overall speed and power. But I didn't say I would want him more. I said I would want him, if they were both free agents at the same time, I would want him more in that case because I think he's a little more well-rounded of a player. And at 25 years old, he still has a lot of upside. And LeMahieu, again, he's a great player, no doubt about that. I'm not gonna, He's arguably the best second baseman in baseball right now. I'm not going to deny that. But again... I'm not saying I wouldn't want him more because you have to trade for him versus a free agent in LeMahieu, but I think he's still a better player, if that's what you're asking me. Uh, Francisco Lindor is not a better player than DJ LeMahieu. DJ LeMahieu is a much better player than Francisco Lindor. He hits for more average. He's just as good as a defensive player as Francisco Lindor. And by the way, DJ LeMahieu can play multiple positions. Lindor can only play one. Okay, so that's a huge difference. And if I were the Mets, I would absolutely go full throttle after DJ LeMahieu. I'm a Yankee fan. You go after DJ LeMahieu. You can get him on the cheap. You can get him for a three-year contract. You could probably get him for $22, $23 million a year. And he's one of the best hitters in baseball. It doesn't make sense to go after a guy like Francisco Lindor where you're going to have to give up a top notch of prospects and you're probably going to have to give away your farm system when you don't have to give up much of anything for DJ LeMayu. So it doesn't make any sense to me for all you Met fans rathering Francisco Lindor when you can get DJ LeMayu for nothing. So um, I, I think DJ LeMayu is a, a bright spot for the New York Mets. Also, D.D. Gregorius, who's a free agent this offseason, you can get him on the cheap. You can move him to shortstop. Uh, you could bring in your, your – what's his name again? Your, uh, your top uh, farm system hand. Jimenez, yeah. Uh, Jimenez, who you can move to second base, yeah. and you can move your, you can move your shortstop uh, in free – you know, you can move him right now in free agency mm-hmm. where you can get uh, prospects for him or whoever you think you can get for him. I could, I could see that. That makes more sense. 
Um, I don't know if they're going to go the cheap route. I, I think the Mets are going to go uh, with the money route. I think they're going to go after – I do believe they're going to go after D.J. LeMayo. Now, are they going to sway him away from the New York Yankees? Probably not. I, 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 I think D.J. LeMayo will stay with the Yankees. Even if he gets 2 or $3 million more with the Mets, he'd stay with the Yankees. Uh, he grew up a Yankee fan. He likes it in, in the Bronx, and he has a better chance of winning right now. In yeah, the, the Yankees are the only team he'll take a pay cut for. I think other, with the Mets, otherwise he'll take – he'll have to demand probably $25 million or more. I think for the Yankees, he'll take 22 or something like that maybe even 20 to stay with the Yankees. I, I think it makes more sense for him to stay with the Yankees. But again, that doesn't make uh, it a guarantee that he's going to stay with the Yankees because the Yankees have already come out and said that they're not going to spend uh, a ridiculous amount of money in free agency this uh, offseason because of the, the Garrett Cole situation. I told you this Garrett Cole contract is going to haunt the Yankees. No matter how good he looked in the playoffs, it's going to haunt the Yankees moving forward for guys like Aaron Judge. They're going to move Gary Sanchez this offseason as well as they should. He hasn't looked good in the playoffs. Uh, but this Robinson Cano uh, story that came out, this is good news for the New York Mets. Very good news because it opens up uh, a bag of possibilities. It really does because $20 million is $20 million. Mm-hmm. And for a guy like Uncle Stevie, Stevie looks at it as chump change. It's not a lot of money to him. And he already came out and said he's not going to overpay for players, but he is going to open up his pockets uh, as a New York market here, and, and he's going to spend money this offseason. So uh, DJ LeMayo is a, definitely a, sp- uh, a player that they're going to have to look at because he's one of the best hitters in baseball. He hits for average, and he, he to me, he can hit in the playoffs. He's proved that he can hit in the playoffs. So that's what you want on your team, guys that can hit in the clutch. And DJ LeMay is one of the best clutch hitters in baseball. Which the Mets didn't do all year last year. They were the second worst team in terms of situational hitting. For a team that was second best in the National League in on-base percentage and batting average, for them to be that bad situationally is a big problem. So yes, LeMay would definitely help in that area. The question is, would it help the rest of the team? Because they're still problematic in that area too. And uh, this offseason, free agency, there's a couple of big names that are available. Some pitchers that are available some hitters and 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 obviously one there's one year left on some of these guys contracts that are are going to be looking to be traded uh aka the uh, Chicago Cubs uh, which they have a guy like Bryant who's going to be available this offseason. He, I think he has one more year left on his contract. I heard they were shopping bias, too. And they're shopping bias. I, I could see the Mets maybe uh, uh, making a move for maybe a Chris Bryant if, if you want to go. But he's not going to be on the cheap. And a lot of these players, Francisco Lindor, you're not going to get – You first of all, you're going to have to trade away a bunch of farmhands to get Francisco Lindor, who's still under contract. So uh, I think he still has one more or two yes. years left on his contract. Yeah. yeah, he's got one year left. Yeah, so I, I don't see the Mets making a move or – making a move to probably trade away half the farm system, which they've helped really Brody Van Wagen, and the only thing he's done for the New York Mets is built their farm system. Now, Bryant, they might be able to get on the cheap because he's had two down years in a row, so his market's not going to be as high, but if they want to do Baez, they're definitely going to have to spend a lot for him. They're not getting Baez. I don't think they are either. I'm just saying I think... I think it makes more sense for the Yankees to go after Baez and move uh, a guy like Labor Torres at second base if they decide to lose DJ LeMayo. See, I think the, for the Mets, though, in terms of Bryant... They might be able to get him on the cheap, but they have a lot of players kind of like him anyway in terms of he's a not great defender. They can move him around, but he's, again, can he get that pure hitting back is the other question because he's had two bad years in a row. Is, is that a worry for you? 
It might be something. It's not a worry for me. I'm not a Met fan. It should be a worry for you. No, I know that. That's why I'm saying I don't know if that would be the case. Now, it's going to lower his market for sure, but I don't know if that's the route I'm going to go on if I'm the Mets because the Mets need other things more than they need uh, corner infielders that are average defenders and at this point, even DH types too. We saw David Ross play him as DH a lot of the time as well. I I just look at where where the Mets are. They're in a good place right now. Now, and I'm looking at Carl, what he says, Baez. We'll do a long-term deal with the Cubs this uh, this upcoming season. We'll see. I, I I believe that when you look at the Cubs, the Cubs are rebuilding now. They're not winning anymore. I, I don't think they are. Theo Epstein is planning to possibly leave uh, the Cubs organization now that he is a possible free agent. Uh, I don't know if he's going to go to the Mets. I, he's already come out and said that he would like to spend a little bit more time with his family. Yeah. So he could be on his way. Uh, Rizzo, who is still under contract, they could move on from Rizzo. They, this is a team that really threw away a lot of their farm system and farm hands uh, to build a championship competitive team. They've been a championship competitive team for the last couple of years, even though I haven't thought that they were the last year, year and a half. I still think they're a team that needs to rebuild. Um, there are players right now that they can get a significant amount back from. Now, Chris Bryant, I don't know if they're going to get a lot back from Chris Bryant, being that he's a free agent after next year. Um, uh, and uh, Epstein, Epstein, I'm sorry, Carl. Yes, Epstein is leaving if he hasn't left. I don't know if he left. Yep. He did leave. He so, so he stepped down. So Epstein already came out and said that he – and I've, I read a story that he wants to take off a, a year. Now, the question is, is Steve Cohen willing to open up his pockets and say, you know what, I don't want you to take off for a year. I'm going to pay you right now $9 million, $10 million a year to take over the New York Mets as a GM, Sandy running uh, the – but I, I think Theo Epstein doesn't want to be bossed around. I think Theo Epstein wants to be the boss. He wants to be the president of oh, the absolutely. organization. I don't know if he wants to be bossed around by Sandy Alderson. So – uh, they picked up an option for Rizzoli uh, for next year. Isn't Rizzoli from the Nationals? Uh, didn't he? I'm not sure. Uh, didn't he come from the Nationals? I'm not sure. But um, nevertheless, uh, you're looking at a lot of teams that are going to be in, 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 a, in a world of change. The New York Mets being one of them. You, you're seeing the difference uh, where they're doing. Analytics are going to be a big part of the New York Mets next year. Um, I'm very interested to see what the Mets do in free agency this year. Do they go after a big name like DJ LeMayu from the New York and try to grab him and steal him from the New York Yankees? Quite possibly could do that, too, uh, because the Yankees are going to have to pay Aaron Judge. They're, they uh, Obviously, everybody knows Giancarlo uh, picked up his option, so he's not leaving the, Met, the Yankees anytime soon, and he has no trade clause, so he's not going anywhere. Um, so... Uh, it's it's going to be very, very interested to see what, what is going to happen this offseason in baseball because uh, with new GMs and new movement of ownerships and, and stuff like that, it could be a change of power, really, in the National League and the American League. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's interesting to see uh, where the Yankees are going. And by the way, he said Riz, uh, Rizzo. Rizzo. Yeah. <laughs> they picked up option on Rizzo. Yes, they picked it up. Doesn't mean they can't trade him. Just because they picked up an option doesn't mean that they're gonna they that they, they have no interest of trading him. I think they yeah. will trade Rizzo mm-hmm. uh, because right now, besides Bias, he's their uh, he's their second guy, guy yeah. the second guy that they can trade and get some significant amount back for him. So I think Contreras too, they could probably get something back for because catchers are hard to find as well. Well, see, I don't think they're gonna trade Contreras because Contreras is a player that you, it's very hard to find a catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. So. I, I don't see the Cubs trading away Contreras, especially being that he's one of the best uh, catchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that's one player they're not going to move on from. But Rizzo, who's 29, 30 years old, you can, you can move on from him. You can move on from Chris Bryant. You won your championship.
championship. You took away the hundred and some odd years that you haven't mm-hmm. won a championship. So it, it really it helps him now move forward. And now Theo Epstein taking a step down. You know Theo Epstein is looking at. I could. I wouldn't be so surprised if he goes back. Uh, to the Red Sox in, Ooh, in yeah. you know, in a couple of years. Mm. I could see Theo Epstein going back to the Red Sox. So um, I don't know if he, he gets along with the ownership over there anymore. But uh, again, you just don't know. Or maybe he goes to a team where he does become the president, where he does run the organization, a.k.a. the Padres, who yeah. would love to bring Theo Epstein in. Uh, the guy is a, a world-renowned guy when it comes to building farm systems and building from the bottom to the top. That'd be funny because Rizzo was drafted by the Padres, so maybe they bring him back. <laughs> it's it, it's a good question, and, and I, I, I do look at Theo Epstein as a guy that – will absolutely have his pick of where he wants to go, the pick of the litter, uh, because he's Theo Epstein. And he, he's won two championships with two teams that haven't won championships for over 100 years. So, And, and now the Mets, who haven't won since 1986, it's going on, uh, I think it's going on 40 years. Yep. I mean, uh, this is something that you know Theo Epstein has been known to do, is, is build organizations from the bottom to the top and help them win championships. So, why not Uncle Stevie and his uh, bunch of uh, crude craziness of uh, money? So. I think the Mets have the fifth largest drought among teams that have actually won a World Series title right now. So that would be definitely something to look at. But losing Robinson Cano is a good thing for the New York Mets. It really is. It opens up a bag of interesting moves that uh, – uh, Sandy Alderson could do, or their new GM could do, or even Steve Cohen could be a part of. So uh, maybe bringing in a Lindor doesn't sound off now because now Robinson Cano being out for a season, what does he have? One more year left on his contract? Yep. You can buy out his contract and bring in Francisco Lindor and, oh, and, and pay him his $300 million because that's what he's going to want. Francisco Lindor is going to want $300 million. The question is, is he worth, as a shortstop, $300 million? The answer is no. He hasn't proven himself in the playoffs until he proves that he can hit in the playoffs uh, uh, consistently. I am not giving a guy $300 million. What worries me is if they trade for him as a rental and then they don't sign him. That would be even worse. because they I don't think be, that will happen. I hope not, but no. that, that's something that scares me. because Unless he wants to be a Yankee, and I think he does want to be right, a Yankee. Right, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know how much the Mets, in terms of an enticing team, are for him for Lindor because we haven't heard any rumors on that. He only mentioned the Yankees, and that's really it so far. Because, he, he, again, he's been kind of quiet even throughout these trade no, processes it's, it's, as he, well. it's Yankees or bust for him, and that's a lot of players. It's not just him. Garrett Cole could say whatever he wants. He, he tried to draw as much money as he can from the Yankees because he wants to be a Yankee. He grew up a Yankee fan, uh, so it's not surprising that he drew as much. And, and, and there were stories coming out that he wasn't going to be a Yankee unless Andy Pettit was going to come and sit down and talk to him because he grew up an Andy Pettit fan. So, and, and the truth is, that is such a bull, that's a bunch of you-know-what. Because I absolutely believe Garrett Cole was going to be a Yankee no matter what. So, uh, and, and right now with DJ LeMayo, it's going to be very hard for a team to pry uh, a guy like DJ LeMayo from the Yankees. But if you pay him $27, $28 million for the, you know, three, you know, for three years and you're paying him that kind of money every single year, uh, I think he'll leave the Yankees. So I you're don't expecting LeMayo to go into free agency, then go back. I think that he is going to go into free agency. I do believe the Yankees will resign him. Okay. Uh, I think the Yankees will get him for a couple of million dollars cheaper than other teams, but you're going to have to pay him. That's he, what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking like $22 million, 23 or something. That's what he's going to yeah. demand. Right. He's going to demand that. So. And every other team, it's going to be 25-plus, I think, for LeMahieu, especially now that he is an MVP finalist again. And Carl was saying, and I'm reading what Carl's saying, offseason is tough because next season's cap will be at least $25 million mm-hmm. less because of the whole COVID-19, which really has ruined uh, professional sports and businesses around the country. And now with the school, 
schools possibly closing closing down, and now the hospitals. You're seeing more COVID um, COVID tests uh, being uh, being drawn now here in New York and throughout the country. Uh, it's definitely a scary situation with the MLB, but. Uh, uh, it's going to be a fun offseason. Teams like the Mets, if you're a Mets fan, you, you should be very excited to see what Steve Cohen is going to do in the offseason. I don't know what he's willing to spend, but I do believe he will open up his pockets, something that we haven't seen the Mets do in a very long time. <laughs> now, Carl, I will say this, though, too, because MLB is the only sport that doesn't have a strict salary cap. They have the luxury tax, but it's not a strict salary cap. So I don't know how much that's really going to affect in terms of who's going to spend more than others. I still think you're going to see the big market teams be the big market teams and vice versa. Where it'll affect is the overall player contract, I think, which I think is what you're referring to. So I, I think it's going to be a fun offseason for MLB. Uh, any New York fan or even California fan. Uh, I, I do believe the Angels will make more moves. Uh, the Angels, who actually fell short, I thought they were a playoff contending team with all the did acquisitions. Did you pick them to win the division? Yes, I did. Uh-huh. I, I thought they were going to be a playoff team. They fell apart with a 60-game season. I think in a 162 games, they would have been a different team with Rendon yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, because they were playing better at the end of the season. And Otani so. did not play well uh, mm-hmm. coming back from uh, tearing his UCL. Uh, I think you know having another year under his, uh, you know, under his uh, legs, I think he's going to be a better pitcher this coming year. So uh, a lot of people think Otani is going to be a bust. I, don't, I do not believe Otani is going to be a bust. I think he's a good pitcher, uh, and I think he's even a better hitter. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I really do believe it's going to be fun um, moving forward. Yeah, he was still a good hitter. He just really was not good of a good pitcher right away. When we come back to a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, and by the way, he says good point, Speedy. Um, when we come back, we're going to get into the NBA draft. Where do we see the Knicks going? And and free agency right now is Giannis going somewhere else. There's stories coming out that he's very interested in going to Miami. Um, are they going to do a sign and trade uh, so Milwaukee gets some pieces back for it? And will Miami give up some of their pieces, which helped them go to the the championship last year? That's going to be a question. Uh, are the Knicks willing to bring in Russell Westbrook? Are they willing to move up to number five and possibly make a run for Lamelo Ball? We will get into that when we come back and. Uh, there was a trade, another trade uh, before the draft uh, today. We will get into that, the 76ers and uh, the OKC Thunder make a trade. We will get into that when we come back here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As you guys know, this is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 I know a lot of people can't wait for the NBA draft. I, 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 I'm one of those guys, and this will be the first NBA virtual draft, which is very interesting, to say the least, because when you look at the New York Knicks and going into this draft, this is a very important draft moving forward for Rose and Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, a lot of people are saying that LaMelo Ball is a guy that the Knicks would absolutely 
love to bring to the organization, bring to the New York Knicks and Madison Square Garden. Not because of LeVar Ball and the craziness <laughs> on and off the court, because of his skill. Because he's six foot eight, he's got a wingspan for a point guard that uh, is to die for. The athletic ability has been proven over there in Lithuania. This guy has been playing professional basketball since the age of sixteen. He left high school, uh, high school basketball, and, and decided not to go and play college ball. So a lot of people thought that was going to affect affect this kid moving forward as an NBA player. Well, it's made him a better player. He's grown almost six inches in almost two and a half years, and he really has changed the dynamic of what this draft could be. Now, I understand why uh, the New York Knicks would look at this kid and say, you know what, this guy can change our organization. We haven't found a point guard. Look how many point guards we drafted over the last 15, 20 years, and none of them panned out. A.K. Frank Nilekina, you bring in um, Nelson um, uh, in, the, uh, in, in a trade. You've brought so many guys in, and none of them worked out. None of them in free agency and drafting. There's, now, another, there's another one, too, another French guard that's in this draft, too, and Killian Hayes that's getting a lot of hype. So if they hang on to Nilakina, you wonder if they maybe want that connection at eight if he's there. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But and even I, though a lot of people like him, I would, some people I would, think he could be the best player in the draft. I don't know about best player, but I think he will be good. I just wouldn't rule it out because of the French uh, connection those two have. If, again, Thibodeau likes Nilakina, I'm not sure if he does. Well, he's a good defensive player. He fits uh, Tom Thibodeau's uh, defensive style of game. Uh, but... Uh, there, you know, when you're hearing Anthony Edwards come out and say he'd rather play basketball, I mean, play football than play basketball, and the love for uh, the game of basketball it really is not as dynamic as the game of football. That scares you as an NBA team. Will you draft Anthony Edwards as your number one pick or number two or number three pick, knowing that he'd rather play football mm. than play basketball? I mean, did you hear that story? Yeah, I did. It's a weird thing to say right around now. I mean, even if you if you don't like playing in the NBA, you're, you're supposed to be a number one pick, possibly. I saw the betting odds a couple hours ago that he was minus 195 to be the, the first overall pick in this draft. You're going to get paid a ton. Why why would you be saying that now and lower your draft? You'll stock? make more money yeah. playing basketball than you will at football. Oh, I agree. And I'm, I'm saying, like, why are you going to risk that? Even if you don't uh, pan out in basketball or you have a change of heart and want to play football, that's going to be uh, that's going to be a lot of money lost if you end up saying that and you your draft stock ends up falling. Now, if I, if he's available at eight, would I want the Knicks to take him? Probably because he's probably the best player there. But he's probably the best offensive player in this year's draft. Yeah, right. You know, offensively and how he attacks the rim, he can shoot. He's probably one of the best shooters in this year's draft. Uh, I think his field goal percentage is at forty percent. I mean, the kid has a tremendous ability and he can shoot the three. He's a very good shooter. Oh, very guard. good. Yeah, uh, but. You know, James Wiseman, he's been a talk of the town. Everybody says he is the most talented player in this year's draft, you being one of them. But I, I still think it's LaMelo Ball. I, I really do. I just think because he's six foot seven, six foot eight, he's totally different from Lonzo. And everybody keeps right. saying, well, you know, he, he, Lonzo was the best, like, he was the best ball out of all of them. No, he wasn't. Lonzo, <laughs> coming into the league, he was not a very good shooter. Uh, even though a lot of people say that LaMelo needs to still work on his three point shot, um, he has the best release out of all the balls. Right. And uh, the only problem was his efficiency with the three point shot. It wasn't really that he was a bad shooter or he has bad shooting form like we saw at Alonso. So that's not really as big of an issue. And again, it's a big advantage having to pl- play professionally already and play at that high of a level already versus Lonzo, who played at UCLA. In a, in a Pac-12 year, that was good, but it's not, it's not a powerhouse conference. And this is not a powerhouse draft. It really isn't. Now, uh, a lot of people 
a lot of Knicks fans are looking at the big picture right now. Who do the Knicks uh, go after? Do they try to move up? Now that, you know, this morning you heard that they made a trade with the Jazz. They gave up uh, their 30th, 38th pick in the second round, which I think was the, the Charlotte Hornets pick yeah. that they traded with. And their 27th or 28th pick uh, from what they got from the Clippers, I think. Right to move all the way up to 23. Now, the question is, doing that, do the Knicks, have the Knicks seen somebody that think they think that is going to fall to them at 23 that they believe could be a star on this team moving forward? Or do they plan at 23 and 8, because they moved down, they can make that move all the way from 8 to 5 and get the player of their choosing on who they want? Yeah, I think the second one's a little more likely just because... That first scenario, yeah, there's going to be a couple players that you might target on your big board. Thibodeau's going to like his guys in particular, but you're not going to know how the draft flow is going to be because outside of the top maybe seven or eight, which are pretty obvious, there it's a kind of a similar level players after that. Either they're developmental players or they're well-rounded players, but they're not great at one certain thing, so there's they'll be good like solid starter-type players. I think that's a little tough to tell. It's not like the NFL where you have an obvious position need. The NFL draft, uh, when you single out it and you know what teams need. The NBA draft is not like that. So I think that other scenario is definitely more likely. They want to try to trade up. Yeah, and, and like I said, OB Toppin is a guy that a lot of people and a lot of Nick fans want uh, because of who he is, who his father was. He's a street ball uh, you know, phenomenon. This guy's one of the greatest street ball players of all time, his father. And he comes from Brooklyn. He grew up a Nick fan. Uh, this is something that, you know, being bringing in Obi Toppin, even though he's 22 years old, he's, he's probably a, the oldest rookie coming out of this year's draft. A lot of people believe that he has the ability and the talent to come in with the New York Knicks and become a starter on this team. A young team with R.J. Barrett and obviously Mitchell Robinson and bringing in maybe a Rush Westbrook or somebody like that that can help these players really groom groom these players to grow under Tom Thibodeau's defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, Obi, a lot of people think that Obi Toppin could fall in the top five, you know, because of his talent and, and what he did for Dayton. And a lot of people thought if there was uh, um, uh, an, NCAA an NCAA tournament, that he would have been one of the best players. He would have stood out in the NCAA tournament right. and probably would have been a top five pick. Yeah, but he was a player of the year candidate as it was. And that would the NCAA tournament can elevate your draft stock if you do play well in it. Now, if the Dayton was a one seed or a two seed and gets upset, that's obviously a different story. We'll never know, but that definitely is something that could have elevated him to maybe be not necessarily a consensus number one pick, but definitely maybe one of the first three. Yeah, and and again. I believe Anthony Edwards is going number one. And and I think James Wiseman, it makes so much sense for the Golden State Warriors to draft him. Uh, He fits like a glove with Mm -hmm. Golden State. Uh, A wing guy that can you can play power forward. You can put him at small forward. Uh, He gives you size. He gives you size that Draymond Green doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And he can play defense just, I I wouldn't say as well, but he can do everything. And he could be your future big man. He could be your guy. I mean, you play small on the court. He could be your guy. Uh, moving forward. Or you could trade out of that pick after you draft them, or trade uh, maybe uh, to get a player of your choosing in free agency, uh, not free agency, uh, and a player, a superstar that you want to, to match up with Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. So uh, this is a team that's already stacked. Now they're just going to get even more stacked. And it, they, it really is crazy. They also might be manipulating with teams now to see who maybe they would have taken in that Much, particular yeah. spot. Because we, it's not like the NFL draft where they say, all right, they're trading the pick. Here's the, here's the picks. Here's the draft picks you're getting back. The NBA draft, they say, oh, they're going to trade the rights to it. So that would you trade R.J. Barrett to move up to number one? Ooh, to number one. That's tough. Your I do... pick in R.J. Barrett. That's two first-round draft picks. Ah. 
to move yeah, to number one. Yeah, I don't know if I'd do that. I like Edwards, but I don't think he's that much better or worse than Barrett, where I think that would end up being worth it. Or even LaMelo Ball, I don't know if that's the same How about James Wiseman, if you want see, James Wiseman? Yeah, see, I think the Knicks kind of need Barrett, though, because if they do take Wiseman as much as I like him, they're going to be such a front-court-oriented team with not as much in the backcourt in a still what is a kind of a guard-shooting league. So I don't know if I want that either. It's going to be very, very interesting. And, and again, as a Knicks fan, and by the way, John Ferris is on right now. Wolves draft Bull. Uh, Bulls at number four. Who do they take? Who do they, who do you think the Bulls take Ooh, the, at number the four? The Bulls are interesting because they are they already loaded their backcourt. I, mean, I think they're going to take the Israeli kid. I could see that because they also have they have connections with um, with Markinen, maybe possibly with the international flair that they have there. But I, I that's a possibility. I could also see them be the be the ones to take Wiseman because their defense is really a big issue. So I could definitely see that where they try to get the best or a top defensive player like that too. So that there's definitely two options there. Maybe I don't know if Killian Hayes is necessarily the pick as good of a defensive point guard as he is, just because they have enough guard depth. But it'll be interesting to see for sure what they end up doing. But Billy Donovan preaches defense, so I think Wiseman is likely if he's there. What a what a move for the Chicago Bulls bringing yeah. Billy Donovan in, mm-hmm. uh, a guy, a proven winner, uh, a, a play, a coach that Chicago was very interested. Uh, in when he came out of college before OKC snagged him up. So, and they finally got their man. I think Billy wanted more control, and I, I don't think OKC was going to give him control uh, with everything that was going on. He knew he was losing Chris Paul. He knew that uh, this team couldn't afford the players that they had on the team, and they were going to go young, and Billy wants to win a championship. And Chicago right now, with the young players and youth that they have, they could be a very dangerous team moving forward. And, so, you know, Going back to the Thunder, you were saying with control, look at the job Sam Presti has done with all the trades he's made the last two years. I think the Thunder now have 16 first round picks or something in the yeah. next is seven years. Yeah. Something crazy like More that. than the Knicks. And the Knicks yeah. have, in the next seven years, the Knicks have seven. Right. You know, and it, you're, you're talking about a team that has 16, double the amount of the Knicks. So, uh, actually, more than double. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, OKC is set up very, very well, and they can they could build around the draft, or they can trade away picks and get the players that they want to rebuild. Now, uh, it's going to take a while to do that. And I think OKC, I think they plan to be a bad team next year, especially with the draft as good as it go- it's going to be next year, and it's going to be a very deep, a deep draft. OKC can rebuild their team through the draft uh, like they did with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They did that before, so right. and and they have the uh, the right thought on where this team this team and this organization is going and moving forward with the uh, the Thunder. The question is, talking about the New York Knicks, what do the New York Knicks do? Do they plan to move up, moving up with the Jazz and getting the 23rd pick, moving up with 23 and 8, and moving up to 5 and getting the guy that they really want? Now, there are stories. Uh, ESPN believes that uh, uh, Killen Hayes is going to fall to the Knicks, and that's who they're going to draft. I, I don't know how good... I don't know a lot about Killen Hayes, Okay. Uh, I, I heard that the best foreign player in this draft is the Israeli kid. Yes. Um, he's the best all around. They, they, they're comparing his skills to Luka Doncic. That's, that's the type of player that he is. Um, he's a little bit less of a three-point shooter than Luka. Right. But he, his ability to get to the hole, rebound, and all the other stuff that Luka does well, he's as good or even better than yeah, Luka. Yeah, they were saying he was a better rebounder as a Israeli uh, player in that league, whatever it was, than, than Doncic. Maccabee. Right. And I, I don't know if – I don't know the comparisons with the international basketball leagues in terms of, like, which league was better. Because I know Luka played in Spain. He played um, – he played in Croatia where he grew up. Like, I know he played in different leagues. I'm not sure how the Israeli league compares, but 
he was a good player, though, and better rebounder. Well, uh, John Ferris says, do you think the Lakers made a good move getting Schroeder? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, he's he To me, is an upgrade for Rondo. Rondo's an old man. Rondo had a very good playoff, but Schroeder can give you more offense, and with LeBron James, is going to make him even better of an offensive player. Average, what, 17 points last year on a team that, let's be honest, wasn't a great team. They were a good team. They weren't great. You put him with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it's going to open up the court for him, and it's going to give him opportunity to score in all different paths in all different ways with LeBron James. I, yes, I think it was a great move by the Lakers. And it's going to take pressure off LeBron ball handling. Absolutely. Because he, he can bring it up. He can do a lot of things. And he can be a shooting guard. Schroeder could shoot. So uh, there, there's a lot of ability and a lot of things that they can do with Schroeder. How about Harding wanting out with Houston? Says no to... A $50 million a season to go to the Nets and get taxed left and right with New Jersey. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Um, James Harden's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere because he's still under contract for a year, and they have an option. So uh, unless the Nets give up their farm, and I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about Karis LeVert, um, all their guys, and practically all their guys. Uh, what's what's the big man, the power forward that they have? Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yeah. They're going to have to give up a slew of guys. Is it worth bringing in? Now, the Mets, I mean, the, the, the Nets have done this before. They did this with the Nets. They gave up their future to decide to say, you know what, I want to win now. Does James Harden put you over the top? <laughs> that's the question. Another guy that's not a good playoff player. Have fun with that one. <laughs> I, I don't know if it does. No. And, and Kevin Durant, as good as Kevin Durant, we don't know what Kevin Durant is. And Kyrie Irving, let's be quite honest, Kyrie Irving is, is a coach killer. How long is Steve Nash going to be there before he has a problem with Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni takes over as the head coach and completely screws up the Nets? Right, and two guys with big egos, too. How are Kyrie and Harden going to play well together? They both need the ball in their hands a lot. So that's going to, I think, have a problem, too. And I heard, I saw something, too, where if the if the Nets were to try to trade all those draft picks to potentially land him, they might not have a, a first-round pick until 2030, which you just got out of a big drought of not having a first-round pick. No, and, and like you said, Carl, uh, it's not enough basketballs uh, for those three players. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Both, all three of those guys demand the ball. And who's going to take a step back? It's not going to be Kevin Durant. It's his team. It's now Kevin Durant's team. It's not Kyrie Irving. As much as Kyrie Irving thinks he is the leader of that team, he's not. Kevin Durant is the leader of that team. Team Harden wants to play there because of Kevin Durant, not because of Kyrie Irving. Okay, so we we are we all understand what's going on with the Nets and what they're trying to they're trying to manipulate the NBA. We've seen LeBron James do it over the years. We've seen players do it over the years, and that's what Harden's trying to do. He's trying to manipulate the way uh, on and, and pushing his way to the Nets. Is the question is is it going to work? Is the Nets going to budge? I don't know if. Uh, a guy like Sean Marks is going to budge on that. I don't think he's going to give up his prospects. I don't think he's going to give up his future to try to win in the next two years. I know Met Net fans want to win more than the Knicks because uh, if they can win, they be, they take over New York. They don't take over New York even winning a championship in the next two years. I'll tell you why. Because the Knicks fans have been around a long time, and when you look at some of the older Knicks fans, they have kids that have been rooting the Knicks on and pushing their 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 fandom over there to their their sons and their grandchildren. Now, there will be more Net fans out of the woodwork because they're winning. But they're, all in all, there are going to be more Nick fans than Net fans. So, uh, yes, I do believe that if the Nets get James Harden, they, they're the talk of the town. They're the big, they're the big uh, trio here in New York. But in the end, 
if the Knicks, you know, stay the course and they play the way that they're doing and, and, and they're not overspending on players, if you're going to bring Russell Westbrook in, you're taking his three-year contract and you're washing it away and you're bringing in a leader, a guy that can, is going to help you uh, develop some of these players and, and help you get into the playoffs every single year because you're quite possibly capable of doing that with Russell Westbrook and, and building these players up to be the next New York Knicks and the future of the New York Knicks moving forward. I think this makes more sense. And you want to know something? I, I used to think that the Nets were run, they were a well-oiled machine ever since Sean Marks has taken over the team. They got rid of Kenny Atkinson. Makes absolutely no sense. And then they decided to bring in Steve Nash, a rookie coach who has no background, bring in Mike Tiantoni, who has not worked out in New York, a.k.a. the New York Knicks, and Amari Stoudemire, who was a great Nick, a good Nick, and a fun Nick to watch. But let's be honest, he's never coached either before. So it makes absolutely no sense. I understand you're trying to suit the players, and, and you can win with Kevin Durant, with anybody – all in all, when it comes down to three minutes left of the game and you need to call timeouts and you need to call the play, do you trust Steve Nash to make the right call uh, over guys like Billy Donovan or, or, or some uh, Tom Thibodeau or one of these guys that have, have done it before and have been involved in big games before? The answer is no. Now, the question is with, with Marks, because I think you're right. He's not going to try to sell the farm for James Harden. Now, the question is, are they going to try to maybe fleece the Rockets where the Rockets are Never right going to happen. Where, but again, they, they just got rid of their GM because they, they kind of cleaned house, essentially. Daryl Morey's now with the Sixers. They, their owner's probably going to go to the, for, be forced to sell the team or something like that from what I've heard. So they're, they're going to have to get a new GM. Maybe they try to pick on it right away because we've heard the rumors with Harden. And will he be able to handle that kind of pressure of trying to trade Harden and get good value back is another question. So Marks might try to, try to fleece him in that way. And that's not going to happen. You, you, you'll, you could fleece uh, the Rockets for Russell Westbrook because he had a bad uh, – bad when he came back from COVID, he didn't play well in the playoffs. James Harden did play well in the playoffs. The first time he ever played well in the playoffs. Okay, so James Harden is at his all-time high, and they're, they're going to demand a lot back for James Harden, more than Russell Westbrook. The Nets have a better chance to get Russell Westbrook for nothing, uh, but they don't have the money to pay him. That's the thing. I mean, Russell Westbrook is making for you know his last last three years of his contract is forty seven million, mm-hmm. close to forty seven million a year. I, I you can't you're you're not going to be able to do that when you're paying Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. So another guy that needs the ball in his hands. James Harden will take less. Money to go to the Nets because he has a chance to win with his best friend. So, um, but you can also blame his best friend on the reason why he got traded. So, say whatever you want about Kevin Durant. The reason why James Harden got traded was because Kevin Durant rather play with Russell Westbrook than James Harden. Say whatever you want, it's the truth. So, I saw that uh, a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago. I saw that uh, the Facebook argument you were having with the, the two wise guys, guys, and who, who was the best player, Kevin Durant, James Harden, or Steph Curry? Where did Steph Curry, James Harden, uh, Steph Curry, James Harden, and Kyrie Kevin, Irving, and Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant. And I agree with you, it's Durant for sure. By far. I just want to. I, I just want to see it just for that reason. Just so whoever was saying James Harden. And you want no. you want and you want to, you want me to honestly be truth truthful with you. Who would I take second out of all three of those guys? I'm going to take the guy who I think and and as much as Steph Curry, I can't stand him. I'm not going to take Steph Curry. Really? I'm not. I'm not going to take Steph Curry. I'm going to take the guy that has won championships um, with LeBron James. I'm going to take Kyrie Irving. Even though he's a coach killer? Yeah, yeah he's a coach killer. And uh, James Harden's a better player than all of them. All-around better player than all the of them. The problem is with him is he just won he terrible win. on defense. He doesn't win big games. And inefficient turnover. And, and, Ste- and, and Steph Curry... Even though he's won big games and he's been a part, he's been a part of good teams. We have not seen Steph Curry do it by himself. Sure, okay? Kyrie Irving. We haven't seen him do it by by himself, but we've seen Kyrie Irving hit game winning shots. We've seen Kyrie Irving play in the playoffs uh, where you couldn't stop him. 
Okay, and and that's the thing. I think Kyrie Irving in a big game, I, I would trust Kyrie Irving more in a big game than James Harden and Steph Curry. <laughs> Definitely James Harden, that's for sure. He'll force up like 20 shots before making them. <laughs> uh, John Ferris, I can see Russell Westbrook in Charlotte. I can too. Would love to see him in New York. Yes, I would love to see uh, Russell Westbrook in New York. And by the way, uh, what I'm hearing, the Rockets won't they they won't be asking a lot for Russ because Russ is getting paid a lot of money and nobody there's no market right now for anybody to take on that contract except except the Knicks. And right now, with three years left on his contract, it makes more sense for the Knicks to take the contract on and let him play with some of these young players. Russ has played with young players in OKC. He got him into the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this is a more talented young team for playing with the New York Knicks. And if you add uh, an OB Toppin or one of these young players to play with Russ, uh, and then you have RJ and Mitchell Robinson and some of the young players that they have, I think the Knicks, and, and, and they have a slew of draft picks coming up in the next couple of years, the Knicks have a chance to be very, very good in the Eastern Conference. Mm. So you saw that Jimmy Butler changed the the, the likes of uh, the Miami Heat. Did anybody think Miami was going to go to the championship? No, because the mm-hmm. East is open. It is open. The Celtics can't win the big game. That's a proven fact. Yeah, they're stuck in the conference finals. <laughs> and Brad Stevens, if Brad Stevens doesn't win next year and gets them into a championship, uh, championship game, Brad Stevens is going to get fired. Ooh. Because how could you how could you keep Brad Stevens? How many championship games has he played as a, as a head coach? No, he's, he's been stuck in the conference finals three different times. How Two could of them you keep him? LeBron how then, could you keep him? Right. If you can't get over the hump, why would you keep Brad Stevens? And I, I think eventually they're going to fire him. And I think a lot of people were thinking the Celtics would win for the sole purpose of, all right, you're not playing LeBron anymore. It's their time. And even then, they kind of dropped off in the regular season. Even though they made the conference finals, they they didn't play as well in the playoffs as they should. Even the year before, then they, they played well against the Pacers, but they had some low-scoring games, and then they got demolished by Milwaukee. So they've definitely underwhelmed at times in the playoffs, too, even though they even in wins. No, and, and that's why when I'm looking at the New York Knicks, and, and absolutely, John Ferris says Barrett, Robinson, and Westbrook sounds good. Yeah, but how about the player that they can bring in in the draft this year? You're, 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 you're not going to have to give up a significant amount for a guy like Russell Westbrook because of the contract. It's going to kill. And the Rockets think they're going to get more for Russ. They're not. Russ right now is the older player. He's a little bit older than James Harden. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that has a ridiculous contract. James Harden has one year left on his contract and maybe an option. He can go to the Nets for two years, and the Nets have a chance to win for two years. And by the way, they're not going to be able to re-sign all three of those guys. They're just not. And it's probably going to be James Harden on his way out. He'll be there for two years, and if they don't win, he's gone. So it makes a lot of sense on, on, on why Russell Westbrook would make more sense to go to the Knicks than James Harden going to the Nets. Now, I think that the Rockets are not going to trade away both their superstars. They're just not. They gave up a, a significant amount for Russell Westbrook uh, when it came to draft picks. So they're not, and they gave up a lot of young, young players. They're not going to move on with James Harden when you're not really going to get anything for James Harden right now. Now, if you wait at the trade deadline where he, if he's playing well and he gets the Rockets, uh, you know, he has the Rockets in a good playoff spot and he keeps demanding a trade, if you want to trade him to the Nets now, you can get more out of that move with James Harden than waiting right now and, and dealing him right now. I think that you could, hoy, you know, you, you could you could actually get him on the cheap right now. So I think it makes more sense right now to hold off on James Harden, trade Russell Westbrook, get whatever you can for Russ. If you can get Kevin Knox or, and and maybe uh, 
a Nilakina and maybe a, a first-round draft pick next year. I, I think that would make sense, and I think the Knicks would do that because they have two first-round draft picks next year. So, and, and they have the choice on taking whichever one they want. They right. can take theirs, or they can give up uh, the Dallas. Dallas, Dallas Mavericks. But uh, right now, I think the Knicks make more sense right now for Russ than any other team. Um, I'm reading what everybody's writing. Clay Thompson just hurt, in, it just hurt himself in practice. <laughs> I, I didn't hear anything about that, but I didn't it, <laughs> if that's true, uh, that's not good for mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors. Right. Would you trade the ending of coronavirus for Russell Westbrook? <laughs> um, yes, I would. Um, I right now, um, I, I look at the big picture for a lot of teams. Chicago is going to look to possibly uh, make some moves in this off season. This is a team that is ready to win now. They really are. I mean, you brought Billy Donovan in. You're expected to win now. You have some good young players right now on Chicago. And you have a, a tremendous amount of draft stock for the next two years. Um, why not uh, think to move, move forward now? And you get yourself a good player in this year's draft. You're, you're getting the fourth pick. You're going to get a top player. And if LaMelo Ball somehow falls to you at four, you're going to scoop up LaMelo Ball. You're not going to let him go. Right. So... Uh, I mean, this unless the Knicks do something and and how and if they really want Lamella Ball and they want to move up to three, that's that's going to be the Knicks move. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I really, it, it doesn't make sense for the Knicks to give up a, a tremendous amount of draft stock to go go and get Lamella Ball. Probably not. But a lot of people think Lamella Ball is the best player in this draft, and he could be the best, the biggest star out of this draft because yeah. of who he is and the type of player that he is. His wingspan, his athletic ability, and he can and he he's willing to work. At, at at his talent, I, I think uh, Lamelo is going to be better than both his brothers, obviously. And <laughs> and his father, I think, if he goes to the Knicks or he goes to uh, the Detroit Pistons or the two teams that he wants his son to play for, I think Lamelo. I, I think a guy like Lavar would take a step back and let him uh, be coached by Tom Thibodeau and and, and be coached by uh, Stan. Is it Stan Van Gundy? No, not Stan Van Gundy. Uh, who Dwayne Casey? Dwayne Casey. Yes, from the uh, Toronto Raptors. So. Um, there, there's a, a tremendous amount of opportunity right now for the Knicks to move up in this draft. The question is, are they willing to give up a significant amount to do that? Uh, and, yes, I do believe trading Knox would be a smart thing for the Knicks. Uh, he has not played well, um, a little bit slower than I thought he was going to be. A lot of people thought that he was going to be a steal of that draft. He's been an absolute bust. And Frank Nilekino yeah, I warned good. both of you on third and long, if you're listening. <laughs> both of who? Our former third and long colleagues who both loved Kevin Knox. Well, he's from Carolina. <laughs> yeah. He was from Kentucky. I'm sorry. What Kevin Knox was from? Oh yes, Kentucky. he was. Yep. He was. Oh yes, he was from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. That's right. But uh, <laughs> Kevin Kevin Knox, who is a, a, a good player, um, I just don't know if he he was going to develop. And maybe he does develop under Tom Thibodeau. Maybe maybe, the, uh, maybe yeah. Tom figures out his weaknesses and, and tries to build on his weaknesses. Uh, did you hear about Lavar Ball's advice? On women oh, to Lamelo is what it was horrific. Carl, I, I don't know if I want to know his I advice. I could only imagine what Lavar said. When is Carl Anthony Towns a free agent? I do not want Carl Anthony Towns on the Knicks. Uh, okay, really? Yes, you're, Carl Anthony Towns. High about him like four months ago. Yeah, and I've been reading some things about it. There's a lot of players that don't want to play for him. Play with him. There are a lot of players. Look, Jimmy Butler left him. Uh, left uh, the Timberwolves, he goes to Miami, and look how well he plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, There's a big difference there. You had Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. Now, Jimmy Butler did it without 
Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, and they went all the way to the championship. Could you imagine if those guys played on all cylinders that they could have been a championship competitive team in, 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 in Minnesota? Absolutely. Even with the 76ers, he was the only one that was good in the playoffs for them. I mean, seriously. I, the fact that that didn't work it says a lot about Carl Anthony Towns and who he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I do not want Carl Anthony Towns on the Knicks. And I, by the way, I don't think him and Tom Thibodeau get along anyways. Yeah. So right. why would he come to the Knicks, if, if, even if it is the Knicks? I, I think a lot of the problems left with Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler because Tom Thibodeau took Jimmy Butler's side. So and, and, and when Jimmy Butler got traded and they lost a significant – after making their trade to bring Jimmy Butler there and gave up a lot for him, um, I think uh, from Chicago, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. It was the pick that became Laurie Marketing, and I think another player, too, was involved in that deal. So mm-hmm. that didn't really help them whatsoever. Adam Levine. Tra- yeah, mm-hmm. and and Levine, oh, Zach Levine, yeah. yeah, Zach. I'm sorry, Zach Levine. Who Zach Levine? There's stories coming out that uh, he wants to go play for the Lakers, and uh, hmm. uh, that's going to be an interesting situation as well. Um, Carl Falk says said every woman he will meet in the NBA life is crazy, and if he waits until he is 30 to meet a woman who is also 30, she must be single for a reason at the age. Ha ha ha! Lavar is a dog. <laughs> Honestly, I was expecting something weirder from Lavar. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. Y'all. So, uh, so Carl, actually, that was a little mild for him. So, I'm, uh, not surprising that that would end up being the case. But Lavar being Lavar, so that <laughs> that's definitely very interesting. But <laughs> I was honestly expecting something weirder. Well, I'm trying to. People keep calling up and hanging up, so I'm not, I'm not going to continuously. <laughs> Sit there and wait for them to talk. Uh, Clay Thompson is going under a test. Okay, I, I didn't hear about this. John Ferris, it's on ESPN. It's his right leg. No, it's, oh, wow. That's the same injury, yeah. <laughs> well, if if it is uh, his ACL again, uh, as good as it may sound, I, I think uh, going after a Wiseman to help them out with the season will absolutely benefit uh, mm-hmm. the Golden State Warriors moving forward. Or if you think Edwards, if Edwards falls to you, maybe he's the, the replacement for Clay Thompson. Yeah, if they're not worried about him re-injuring that and stuff like that, because this is his first big injury. We don't know how he's going to come back. And if he's not the same player, maybe Edwards is the pick if he doesn't go number one. But like I said, I still expect him to go number one right now from what we've heard. And right now on ESPN, which I'm watching right now, he is proje- the Golden State Warriors are projecting to draft Wiseman. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and Edwards is projected to go one. That's insane. <laughs> Warriors with Wiseman. Oh, my God. Why? You, I, I know you love Wiseman. I, I don't think Wiseman is as good as you think he is. They don't need him to be as good as you think, though, because... The Warriors just needed that big guy because they. But how if many Clay big Thompson have... teared his ACL again, or he he tore his his, his Achilles or whatever the hell he did. You know, usually, when you tear your ACL, uh, that same leg sometimes it go, your Achilles goes next. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, I mean, Clay Thompson's career is practically over. Yeah, the one thing I worry about with Thompson coming back is his defense. How good that will be because you're going to have to do a lot more lateral movement. In terms of his shooting, I don't, re- I don't really think that'll be as big of a deal because he's more of a catch-and-shoot guy as it is. He's not really the create-step-back type of three-point shooter like you see like Damian Lillard is and Kevin Durant is or somebody like that. He's more of the catch-and-shoot guy, so I'm not as worried with that. And I think the Warriors in the past have done well with getting other shooters in that system that have worked, especially coming off the bench over their, their certain championships. So while none of them are Clay Thompson, that's uh, still going to be a good pick for Wiseman because they definitely need a center because they haven't had one. It's going to be very, very interesting. And, and if this is true and Clay Thompson's out uh, possibly for the season again, I think the, the Golden State Warriors have to look forward. And remember, they just paid Clay Thompson. Yeah. 
They paid him a lot of money. Now you're caught up with the salary cap and everything. And Draymond Green, who, yes, they gave him an extension, I, I would think to move him. I mean, uh, why would you keep Draymond Green? I would try to move him and try to bring in a shooter if you're going to lose Klay Thompson. If you bring in Wiseman to, to give you the size that you've been lacking for the last couple of years, an athletic uh, uh, power forward that can do a lot of things at center and, and move up and down the court, the things that you've been missing, uh, you're going to need a shooter if you lose Klay Thompson. I don't want to hear about Steph Curry because teams are going to realize if Steph Curry is the guy, he's the shooter, they're going to defend him even better. They're going to try to push him in places that he doesn't like to shoot the ball. Yeah. So, and, and you'll see that. Everybody keeps saying, well, Steph can hit every single shot. Wrong again. When, you're, when teams know that you're going to be a shooter and you're going to be the guy that is going to shoot the ball 90% of the time, they're going to defend Right. Him. Even though he has the range, it doesn't mean he's going to have the efficiency if he's double teamed Not when you're getting double team and you have right. a guy twice the size of you sticking his hand in your face. I mean, that has to phase him in the past, though. <laughs> uh, it will. when you're Double teams, yeah. Yeah, you don't have the pressure like he did. In the past, you had Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson on your team. So what, what kind of pressure does he have? Most of those guys are going to get up there and are going to get the rebound, and if they miss or it hits off the rim, you're going to be able to hit that shot open, too. So... Uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting thing if Clay Thompson is hurt. And maybe we'll have to see Steve Kerr actually coach. <laughs> uh, he stinks. He'll be fired after this year. He probably will. He'll be fired case. after this year. Thank God the Knicks didn't bring him in. What a thank bust. Thank God, yeah. What a bust. I mean, he, thank God he didn't take the job with the Knicks. I mean, he would have been gone a long time ago. Oh, my God. Uh, is Ball a good fit with the Wolves? Yes. Yeah. I think Ball is a good fit with the Wolves. But, but here's the problem. You brought in D'Angelo Russell. Okay, and 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 D'Angelo Russell, do you move D'Angelo Russell at shooting guard where it fits his his game better than at the point guard position? And the answer is yes. Uh, will that be the best backcourt in ba- basketball in the future? Yeah, I think it could be. Lamelo Ball and and D'Angelo Russell, uh, it, both of them are very good players, yep. and uh, I think D'Angelo Russell will help. Ball become the player that a lot of people think he could become. Right. And D'Angelo Russell still has room to grow, too. It seems like he's been in the league forever, but still I think he was drafted at 19, so he's got plenty of room to grow. I think he's 24, yeah. 25 years old. Right. He's still and a kid. He's got a lot of upside. And even if they do put him at point to start and put LaMelo as a shooting guard, there's nothing I wrong put with La- having... I put LaMelo at point guard. He's a better facilitator, and I will put D'Angelo Russell at the shooting guard position. But regardless, it's Lefty, not... Lefty, could shoot. It's not bad to have a two-guard system like that where both of them can pass rather than just one and the other guy's just a shooter. Mm. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk a little bit about what, Speedy? Some football. Yeah. And uh, the Giants had some interesting things happen in the last 24 hours. Joe Judge and his uh, Columbo boy. Um, I love that show, Columbo. You remember Columbo? I never saw it, but it's a mystery show, so I probably like it. Yeah. Um, well, it's a mystery what's going on in the Giants <laughs> that locker room, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, both coaches get into a fist fight, and after the fist fight, Joe Judge fires his offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, not offensive coordinator, his offensive lineman. Does he fire his offensive coordinator moving forward? When we come back, we will get into that here on Below the Mic. You're, you're, You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. We are live every single Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. I am wearing underwear today, by the way. Speedy wearing his tidy whities as nope. everybody knows. 631-965-4990 is the number. You can call us and uh, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Beautiful, beautiful website for all you fans to check out. And download our app, iOS, which is WWSRN, and Android Worldwide Sports Radio. 
Network. Well, well, well. So we have the draft at 8 o'clock. I'm looking forward to that, seeing what the Knicks are going to do. Uh, some of these teams do the Celtics move up. I mean, some people are saying the Celtics will try to move up um, to solidify uh, bringing in uh, maybe uh, an athletic big man, uh, something they've been lacking for the last couple of years. But uh, we have our caller, and I, I wanted to get him on. Jeff, who's a Celtic fan, and I wanted to get him and Beave on at the same time. I really did. <laughs> But the Beef does not want to come on and argue his points with Jeff. For some reason, they just can't stand each other. I think Jeff would have, but the Beef does not want to. <laughs> Anyways, what's going on, Jeff? The Beef is weak. Why do you say that? Oh, he's scared to take a little living because his Cowboys stink. Unbelievable. He doesn't want to come on with you, Jeff. He, he told me I'm not coming on no matter what. Uh, I do not want to talk to that ass, and he, he told me some other derogatory things. <laughs> I just want to see you guys go at it with each other. I think it would really be fun. Um, maybe do a it couple of rounds. It would be fun, but, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not the one that's scared to do it. No, I, I, one of these days I'm going to get the beef to do it. And one of these days I'm going to get the beef to come into the studio, and, and then you surprise uh, him because that, that would make it even better. Because I, I just, uh, you know. He's got a full diaper right now and needs to be changed. <laughs> Before we get into the NFL and what's going on with the Giants and, and what they're doing in the locker room, which is, is so funny to hear. Uh, you know, you, you talk about uh, Bill Belichick and, and his attitude, and it's so funny. Uh, Joe Judge obviously took his atti- attitude all the way to New York because of what he said to uh, the press the other day, <laughs> taking shots at the press, telling him to shut up and, and, and turn that crap off and blah, 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 which I, I like Joe Judge for that. I, I like that he's, he's assertive and he has his own thoughts to what he believes in. But then this fist fight with his coach, one of his coaches, that's New York Jet-esque. <laughs> so, and Dallas Cowboy. Yes. Before we do that. That, that didn't happen, though. I'm sorry? There's a lot of people saying that that fist fight didn't happen. I know, I mean, but maybe it did. I mean, I don't know, but I, there's I an mean, article coming. There's an article out right now on ESPN and Bleacher Report that 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 story is true. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we might not know. Maybe Joe Judge after the game on Sunday uh, will speak about that to the press. I don't know. Maybe he'll keep it in house. He might not want to speak about it. A.K. Bill Belichick asked. He won't speak about it. Um, but again, Joe Judge has said, and he has looked. The part, uh, I'm very surprised with them. I, I, when, when the Giants made this move, I thought Matt Rule was the best fit for the Giants. But all in all, the players are playing for Matt Rule. Um, uh, the players are playing right now for Joe Judge. Um, and uh, what Logan said about the organization and everything that you hear, now the Giants' defense is, uh, is, 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 you know, is feeling it. They're playing for their coach. And when you see the players playing for their coach, that's a good sign. But before we get into the Giants, I want to know your, your thoughts on the NBA draft tonight. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's very deep. But, I mean, there's always good players in every draft. There's always someone that's going to make an impact. And and I'm excited to see who that's going to be, you know. I mean, everyone has a a different number one than I have, you know. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see where some of these players go. Who's your number one? James Wiseman. Really? Now, why? I think he's the best player in the draft. So what what makes him the best player in the draft right now? What, what what do you see in James Wiseman playing for Memphis that stands out to you as a player? I think James Wiseman, his floor is higher than everybody else's, right? Like he's a big dude. He's versatile. He can run. He's athletic. 
he's a really good player, right? Uh, I don't see LaMelo, I mean, I'm not you know, trying to compare LaMelo Ball to anyone, but I don't see LaMelo Ball's floor being as high as James Wiseman. He's either going to be really good or really bad, right? Mm-hmm. And, and same with Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a dude that has come out and said, uh, I'd quit basketball right now if I could go to the NFL. I don't want to take a dude that, that isn't sure whether he wants to play basketball or not. I agree with you. <laughs> I'm very surprised he did that before the draft. It makes no sense why he would do that. If I were the Timberwolves, no. if I were the Timberwolves right now, I wouldn't draft him. And and we all know that uh, Wiseman has already come out and said he doesn't want to play for the Timberwolves. He doesn't want to play with Carl Anthony Towns. In that case, maybe they trade Towns. If that's the case, Jeff, or you, you no, you don't trade him, Carl Anthony. You, you're telling me Wiseman's going to be better than Carl Anthony Towns? No, no, I'm saying if that's, if that's the case, they don't want to play with each other. No, I, I don't trade Carl Anthony Towns. I, I don't draft uh, Andrew. I, I don't draft Wiseman. Okay, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is a better. I, I, I don't know how good Wiseman's going to be in the NBA. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether I'd rule out trading Carl Anthony Towns. I mean. And I get it. He's a great player, and I know where you're coming from, Errol, but hear me out on this. They have had a lot of issues with people getting along with him. I said that. I've been saying that. Right? Yeah. So maybe to you know clean house, I mean, you can certainly get a lot for Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe you can trade him to Houston and get James Harden. He seems to want out. Draft Harden draft, or draft James Wideman, trade for Harden, a bunch of other draft picks or whatever there. I mean, maybe you can build a team that would, would get along better with each other and have better chemistry than what's already there in Minnesota. Right. What do you – I know you're not a Knicks fan, and I know you're a Celtic fan. What do you see the Knicks do? You, you, the Knicks traded – up. they traded up, giving up their 38th in the second round and their 27th to move up to 23. Do you see the Knicks trading the 23 and the 8th pick to move up to try to get the player that they want? Who knows, right? I mean, maybe that's what their strategy is. Maybe they have their eyes on on a player. Uh, I don't see this draft really being deeper than eight people, though. Do you? No, I don't. But, you know, when we say that, uh, it becomes a good yeah, there's draft. There's always going to be a good player yes. that comes after that. And we right. say that, and we see, and it turns out to be a good draft. You'll find a player at 16, you'll find a player at 20, 25, and 28, and, and then you say, wow, look how many players came out of draft when everybody said that draft was terrible. So you're absolutely right. It, this isn't a, a, a draft that you say, wow, there's so much depth here. But... I do believe you're going to see a lot of better, a lot better players than you think coming out of this draft. I really do believe that. So uh, I think Obi Toppin is going to be a good player in the league. I really do. I, I he's he's really been rising up a lot of people's boards. I like Obi Toppin. Yeah, I think Obi Toppin is going to be a good player in the NBA. Offensively, he's got all the skill in the world. He's a better Blake Griffin. He's a, he could shoot. Yeah. Blake Griffin can't shoot. Better passer too. Uh-huh. Griffin was in college. I, I think he's just a better Blake Griffin offensively. Blake Griffin can't play defense. I think he can play defense because he can block the ball. That's something that Blake Griffin wasn't good at. Uh, Obi Toppin actually bl- averaged almost two blocks a game. So Obi Toppin can block. So you you put him over there with let's say if it go, if he falls to the Knicks, Mitchell Robinson. That's a pretty uh-huh. good front uh, front uh, front line that you have, uh, athletic and in, in, in the ability that they have, but. Uh, who stands out to you in the top ten that could be a surprise? Uh, probably Alex Coral. Hmm. Why Coral? He's a really good player. 
I think he's a better player than people are giving him credit for. You know, he's an athletic dude. He's, he's kind of big. And uh, the other guy, and I'm forgetting his name, is the huge dude from Israel. Yes. From uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv that is, that is coming over. Yeah, they said. You know, all these yeah. European players that have come over now have come. Like, it's not like it used to be where, like, Manu Ginobili was, like, you know, the rare exception of all these guys that came over. Now they're all playing really well. Well, they're saying that his name's Dini, uh, Dini, and, and, and they say that he's going to probably go to the Bulls. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, Billy Donovan, he, he, can, shoot, he can shoot, he can sh- hit the 17, 18-foot jumper. They say he needs to work a little bit more on his three-point, but he can rebound, and they compare his skills to Luka Doncic. That's what they're saying. He's that type of player. And their new GM or their new president or something like that that they got from the Nuggets, I believe, is European, too. So maybe that could have some influence as well. Oh, well, we'll see. I, 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 there's, a, there's a good opportunity. And Obi Toppin, a lot of people say that the Cavaliers like. So uh, if, he, if he's still there at five, that would you, people wouldn't be surprised uh, that Obi Toppin uh, goes at there's number no five. Way, there's, there's no way Wiseman's going to be there at five, though. No. No, I'm not talking about I mean, Wiseman. I'm talking I'm about Obi Toppin. Oh, we'll be talking. Yeah, I'm not talking about Wiseman. Wiseman's going. Wiseman's going one or two. I, I don't. I if it's Anthony Edwards one. Goes, if he goes two, if he goes two, look out, cook out. The dynasty is back on for the Warriors. I don't know because Clay Thompson. If this is true about Clay Thompson, and he could be out for if he tore his ACL again or his Achilles, um, Clay Thompson's done, and and that means you're going into a season again with Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Draymond Green and now Wiseman. Now is Wiseman uh, is Wiseman a better fit than some of the players and some of the bench players? At the absolutely, but why? It's going to take Wiseman a couple of years to to figure things out. He's not going to be a top player I mean, right I, off the bat. I mean, it's a, no, he might not be a top player off the bat. But think about what they do with the ball movement and and the speed that they have to have a guy that big that would be able to to move like that. Imagine having like. A good Javel McGee. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, Wiseman's going to be a good player in the league, and I, I don't think he's the best player in this draft. I heard. Listen, I heard. I heard Speedy laugh. Like but that's that's who you could most compare him to is Javel McGee. Like that's the way he moves, and that's how fast he is. Like we get that Javel is uh, coordinatedly challenged. He's a little goofy and clumsy at times. But that's Back to the I full legend. <laughs> right, but. But imagine that JaVel McGee was good. That's what James Wiseman is. Yep. <laughs> and and, and uh, like listen, stylistically. Listen, you have Kenyon Martin sitting here. Is his son going into the draft? Oh, he's I going. Think into, so. His son is going into the draft. Mm-hmm. Really? I thought. Did he play? Uh, well, he was supposed to play college ball, but because of, uh, col- I, I, I'm not sure. I thought I thought he was still in high school. I'm not sure. Is, is he going? Yeah, in? we'll skip college. IMG Academy. Wow, which actually has been more popular IMG's the last couple great. of years. Yeah, no, he's interesting. Dude, is he ridiculous? I've That's heard late here and like. Do you think? Do you think? He, I haven't heard anything about his son. Is his son good? I've heard late first round projection for him. Is he supposed to be good? Yeah, he could be good. I, I th- he's very different than his father in terms of his skill set. Yeah, but he could shoot. Yeah, so I think he'll be probably more late first round just because he's a little less proven. Maybe the Knicks. Maybe the Knicks bring him in at number twenty three. Mm, it's interesting. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I know the Knicks are – if the Knicks keep their eighth pick, they're, you know, they're going to be shooting for number 23. And what I mean by that is they're going to be guessing on that pick. Right. And I'm hoping that player – I mean, but, but here's the thing. Like, does anyone – like, I realize, you know, the Knicks have some young talent there. and everything, But is there a position that the Knicks really need? 
uh, point guard. <laughs> that's what they need. That's what they need. Are they going to get out of it? I, I don't think there's a point guard in this draft that's going to stand out to me. And then uh, the Knicks are going to draft and say, oh, that's the point guard of the future for the Knicks. I don't think there's a guy in this draft, like maybe LaMelo Ball, right. that uh, is coming out of this draft to say, wow, that's the guy. You know, I, I don't think there's a guy. I think Russell Westbrook seems more of um, a thought right now and bringing him in a free agency. Uh, not free agency, in a trade. Uh, than uh, drafting a guy at the point guard position. I think the Knicks are going big in this draft. Again, I think they're going to go with a, a power forward or a, a, a small forward at, at number eight if that's where they draft. And I think at 23, they're going to they're gonna shoot a, a point guard or a shooting guard that falls to them, a wing defender that could shoot. I, I could see that happening with Tom Thibodeau. You're, you're going to see a defensive player. Uh, be drafted one way or another in this draft by the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. So, because Tom Thibodeau is going to pre- is going to be preaching defense. Yeah, a lot of wings that are very versatile too that I could see Thibodeau going after, even at eight or even in the twenty three, or maybe even they trade up or trade back or something with that twenty three. There's a lot of different options they have there, and that's what a lot of these other players are. And that's why I don't think this draft is as deep because it's a lot of those are going to be more like. Solid starter types, but not really like high potential types, guys that played uh, four years in college or the other way around where they're just kind of raw right now, especially with some of those, uh, a lot of the Pac-12 players, some, Jeff, you were mentioning Okoro, he played one year at Auburn, who I think it will be good right away, but still maybe has room to grow being, I think, only 18 or 19 years old. It's, it's interesting. It really is. Now, Jeff, let's get into some football conversation, Okay. Um, Seattle and Kyle, you know, Seattle, and Arizona on Thursday night football. I, I wanted to see the rematch of this game. We're going to get the opportunity to see the, Seattle this time pull it out, uh, in a game that went to overtime where they were undefeated. And that really what started that, this losing streak, uh, was Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. But before we get into that, what is your thoughts with this story coming out with Joe judge? Joe judge is really starting to show that he's got a lightning side to him. Uh, with the press over uh, over the weekend, uh, and, you know, him telling them to shut up, and then all of a sudden uh, he took over the reins of the offensive line, took it took it from the offensive coach, and then all of a sudden there's stories coming out. I don't know if it's true that he got into a fist fight with the uh, Colombo, uh, and then after the fist fight, fired him right at the spot. What is your thoughts to this? If it's true, uh, what are your thoughts to the New York Giants uh, in the tabloids right now? We're not hearing you. We can't hear you. You're underwater. Uh, that's there you your go. connection. There you go. No, now, now it's better. Whatever you were doing. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I like what Joe Judge is doing. You know, uh, he's taking the bull by the horns, right? Because, you know, the whole argument, certainly there was an argument. Who knows if there was a fist fight? But the argument was over him bringing in Dave D, uh, D. Guglielmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help with the offensive line, which I'm sure Colombo took offense to. But you want to know what? As a head coach, he's got to look objectively at where the problems are. Clearly, Daniel Jones hasn't had a lot of time, and he's trying to you know, do something to improve that. So uh, kudos to him for seeing the problem and trying to uh, rectify it as soon as, as possible rather than letting it go on. So you think uh, having a supposed fist fight is, is what a coach is supposed to do? Uh, listen, who knows if it was a fist fight? Yeah, the fist fight would be out of bounds, right? For sure. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, it was Columbo that attacked him. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Guy. <laughs> oh, man. It, 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 to me, uh, first of all, you're a rookie coach. 
you, you, you haven't really succeeded anything. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't gone into the playoffs yet. You have a chance this year uh, with a losing season. You're probably going to – the team that wins this division is going to have six or seven wins. Six and ten. So it's, not, it's nothing to brag about even if you make the playoffs. Now, if you get out of the first, first round – is pretty optimistic to win that division. Well – yeah, nevertheless, uh, I mean, this is a guy that is very outspoken, which I don't mind. But remember one Jet, well, one coach that used to coach the New York Jets, when he came to the Jets, he was very outspoken. He took the Jets to two back-to-back AFC title games, and everybody in the press took shots at him because he wasn't afraid to speak. He wasn't afraid to take shots at the press and, and whoever was involved with taking shots at the Jets. But he took a shot. Now Joe Judge is doing it, and everybody's loving it. Now, I, I, to me... Uh, it's completely appalling when you look at guy, a guy like Rex Ryan, who has done more as a defensive coordinator uh, in this league than Joe Judge doing it as a wide receiver coach with Bill Belichick in the Patriots, and speaking out and taking shots and having a fight in the locker room with one of his coaches. If it's true, to me, it, it just screams. Um, it, it screams a lot. It, it screams a lot where the Giants are going. And if anything, if there's some kind of backlash out of this this fight with Colombo, uh, it could cause uh, Joe Judge in the next year, year and a half, to be fired. I mean, maybe, but not really, right? Colombo's already out the door. No, right you now because he's not that coach. He's not that coach. You know, they're going right. to fire the so guy. Columbo's that... gone, so so the problem is is gone now. Oh, but you, you know, know there's always a new problem that starts. You know this, Jeff. When one coach goes, the other one, and you know Jason. That was Jason Garrett's guy. <laughs> so what's going to happen when Jason Garrett and he takes away the play calling from Jason Garrett? What's going to happen after that? Hopefully, he gladly leaves. <laughs> you know what's going to happen with that? You know, so that I mean, that's the problem. To be seen, right? That's a problem. I, I mean, you're talking about. A coach that got into a fifth fight with one of his coaches on his staff. You know, you're passing this off like it's true. You need to say, you need to stop saying that he got, definitely got into a fifth fight with one of his coaches. Well, there are that three. Now I've read, I've story. I've looked this up, Jeff. There are three articles saying that it's true. So there has to be some kind of truth to it. There's got to be some kind of truth. Well, to it. And there's other people like Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport who are very reputable saying that it isn't true. Mm. Well, uh, you you know what the press does here in New York, <laughs> okay? So well, that's why I don't put any credence into local reporters saying that it happened. And I'm not going to put in any reports saying that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Rob Report and Schefter say it didn't happen. Well, that's fine. That's good for them. As far as I know, it did happen. And until it's it's said that it didn't, and I, I don't think maybe we'll, the fight is like Tom, maybe the fight is like um, Tom Brady's hand to you. Well, could you could you <laughs> shut up with that? I mean, there are some stupid things that you've said in the past. You want me to bring them up? I mean, sure, let's hear them. Uh, do you really want me to go into it? How about Glaber Torres? I would have traded Manny Machado for Glaber Torres. Yeah, that, that's a great move. Uh, it's, it's really smart. I remember that. The way they don't win. So yeah. The still stinks. Yeah, that's well, neutral. You're, you're going to trade arguably one of the best second basemen, one of the best offensive players in the league, for a guy that can't win the big game and he's on and off every single year. Great move. Great move. Oh, can't win the big game. That seems like Gleyber Torres. Well, that has nothing too. to do with one player. Matter of fact, Gleyber Torres has one of the best batting average in the major leagues in the last 10 years in the playoffs. He's batting 340 in the playoffs. Who's been better than that? David Ortiz? That's it. Go look. Statistics don't lie, buddy. 
So don't tell me about Clay well, You wanted to trade for Manny Machado, who's batting two eighty or two seventy in the playoffs. You're gonna you're my gonna trade a, guy. a whole lot closer than than one what Tom Brady cut that didn't exist. Oh yeah, no, the cut did exist. I said I said that he purpose. I claimed I claimed that it was fake. That it didn't exist. Yeah, I, I claimed that it was fake. You know, because that's that's something that's that's the patriot esque. Very real. That's patriotesque. That's patriotesque. So you know, whatever it was real, I was wrong. I took it back when I said I was wrong. What, are you going to attack me for it forever? I mean, but no, but I would say you're passing this fight off with Joe Judge like it happened, and it's very much in dispute. Listen, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not going to assume that it did because there's you know, conflicting reports right now. I'm not going to go out on that limb and, and say, oh, well, the head coach is getting into fights with everybody. No, you don't know that to be true yet. No, no, we don't. And that's why I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm 110% right. But I'm also not saying I'm 100%, 110% wrong either. I think there is some kind of truth to it. Now, I don't know what truth it is, and I don't know if we'll ever find out. And if we do, it'll probably be when uh, he gets fired or he, he retires as a Giants head coach, Joe Judge, and he writes a book. And it'll come out and say, oh. I don't know, I don't know that he's going to get fired right away. I think, no, I don't I think, think so. Joe Judge has done a good job this year. I, I would agree with you. In a bad division uh, with a team that's trying to rebuild, uh, a defense that really has taken a step forward, I think this is one of the best defenses in football the last four weeks. I've said this already. I mean, statistics will show you they're a top five I defense. Think just, I think their defense is much improved over oh, last big year. Big time. Big time improved. You're talking about a defense that was one of the worst defenses in the league last year that has moved up in the top 15. And I think, and again, I'm going to say it, in the last four games, they're one of the top five defenses in football. They've been. They're much better than Seattle, that's for sure. <laughs> that's uh, not saying much. Jamal Adams, oh, oh. I love what Bart Scott said. And I hate Bart Scott's show. And I, I'm not taking a shot at Alan Hahn or Bart Scott. I'm not. But I, I'm, I don't know if they're listening to the show, and I don't care if they are or they aren't. The fact is, I mean, Seattle. The problem with Seattle is they're desperate. Like they are so desperate to find some sort of a pass rush. Like Jadavion Clowney leaving that team has really. I said that was going to hurt them. Did I not say that, Speedy? That was going to hurt them. I also said. I also said bringing in Jamal Adams is a cancer, and you see him fighting with Pete Carroll on the sidelines already. You're you're you're, you seeing him scream at Pete Carroll already, and he hasn't even gotten his contract. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, he is another Odell Beckham. It was a great move by Joe Douglas getting rid of that cancer. He is a cancer. And by the way, if you look at their numbers with him in the lineup and him out of the lineup, their numbers as a secondary is better without him. They still are both bad, though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're better without him by, by at least seven points. That's saying a lot about how great Jamal Adams is. All right, Jamal Adams, and I'll say this again, and I'll say it over, and if I ever had Jamal Adams on a show, and I've told this to Eric Coleman on with the Weekend Crunch, he is highly overrated. Derek Col- uh, uh, Eric Coleman was a, a safety in the league, a strong safety for the Jets. Is he better than Jamal Adams? No, he wasn't better, more talented than Jamal Adams. But I'll tell you this right now, Jamal Adams, the way he's going, Eric Coleman will have a longer career than Jamal Adams will in the NFL. Ooh, okay. Wow. Because I, I think Eric Coleman, he was, the one thing Eric Coleman did not do was open his mouth, okay? Jamal Adams, all he does is open his mouth. Did you hear what he said? How could a Jet fan be happy for what he said the other day? He was interviewed, and he said, 
that he used to come home from games and hide himself and lock himself in a room, and his father would knock on his door. What are you, a kid? What are you? You're, 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 you're hiding yourself on your pillow because you lost a football game? And he, his father actually reached out to his agent and told his agent, we need to get him out of this, uh, this horror. And he pushed himself out of New York, okay? Like I predicted, like all the Jet fans thinking, oh, he didn't push himself out. Anybody that has read and seen what he has said in, in, when, he was, uh, when, when he was just interviewed could piss you off as a Jet fan, would push you off as a Jet fan. And it did. It pisses me off even more. I don't want him on my team because you want to know something? For a guy that's been pushing himself out of New York for, for honest to God, since he's come here, why would I want him there? Joe Douglas got a, a slew of draft picks for him, and you want to know something? They're going to live off those draft picks while Jamal Adams is going to be asking for $90 million. He's going to cost Seattle an opportunity in, in their future because Russell Wilson won't be there forever, and I'm going to laugh at that trade because Jamal Adams will not be a Seattle Seahawk in the next five years. Longer career, Eric Coleman. So Eric Coleman played nine years. Jamal Adams is in his third year. Yep. Oh, Eric Coleman will have a longer career. He had a longer career than Jamal Adams will as a safety in the NFL. The only the only reason why that you might have be a lot of pent up anger at him. No, it's not. It's not anger. It's just me being me on my radio show. The only reason where I don't know if I necessarily would see that is just because the players are having more leeway now. If Jamal Adams did this when Eric Coleman played, I, I would agree with you. But they have a lot more leeway now, where I think they're going to get nobody is going to play. give him. Look at his numbers. Look at the numbers when he's in the lineup. Do you really think Seattle in the offseason is going to pay him $90 million knowing how bad their secondary is? Please answer the question. Maybe because of the, ba- the secondary is pay- bad anyway. So, you, so, so you're going to pay a secondary player $90 million, which is going to hold on a salary cap spot for you where you could bring in two or three players at that same position or draft a, pl- a guy that's a little bit cheaper – and, and giving up the – well, obviously, they're going to have to pay him because they gave up two first-round draft picks. Yeah. But it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them. Also, Seattle's also one of those teams where they try to get a lot from the scrap heap, too. They draft well late. That doesn't sell why you traded two first-round draft picks for Jamal. Oh, I'm not denying that. I'm, I'm just saying that I think because of that, they're going to commit to Jamal Adams. Good, and that will be the biggest mistake the Seattle Seahawks made. Maybe it will, but I'm just saying – Maybe it will. It will. 110%. This- 110%. Just like you Giant fans – 90% of you Giant fans wanted Odell Beckham out. I could say the same about the New York football Jets. But again, they also, if they were, if they were a lot of other organizations, you're probably right. But the Seahawks have been like this for a while, where they draft weird in the first round as it is. And even in the second round, they trade back all the time. I don't know if it'll necessarily be a swaying point in terms of Jamal Adams is going to make the defense that much worse or that much better in comparison to if he was not on the field or not. Because if Jamal Adams leaves that team, I mean, your best player is Shaquille, uh, Shaquille Griffin, who had a great year last year, fine, but he, was, he hasn't been good this year with or without Jamal Adams, and he's not really a number one corner. So as much as you want to develop him well, there's, it's not really that good of a player, uh, that good of an option. I would trust the process with what they're doing right now. Jeff, have anything to say on that? No, you're talking about the Jets. Who really cares? It's not about the Jets. We're talking, <laughs> talking about the Seahawks. This has nothing to do with the Jets. You're, you're not getting it. <laughs> you, you keep thinking that it always is about the Jets. It's not. Matter of fact, even with us being in New York, I don't really talk about the Jets because I know how bad they are. You're the one that always says, oh, there you go, sticking up for the Jets. I don't stick up for the Jets. I tell it how it is. And I've always told it how it is. I literally tuned you out when you were talking about Joe Douglas is going to turn this team around. Dude, who cares? 
maybe to you. <laughs> maybe to you. <laughs> what, what, what is, so so let, let's go into your Patriots. Were you surprised that they beat the Bravens? Shocked. Absolutely shocked. Why? I, because the Patriots stink this year. I want them to lose. Please, God, lose more games. Well, I, I think the Patriots are still in the hunt for the playoffs. And a lot of people think I'm Unfortunately, crazy. Unfortunately, they kind of are. They, they are. And they have four wins now. And if Miami loses this week and Buffalo loses this week, Buffalo, what is Buffalo's seven? Buffalo's on a bye. So they're seven and seven two. Seven and right? three right now. Seven and three. Miami's six and three. Six and three. If Miami loses this week and Buffalo obviously is not playing this week, you're gaining a game on both of them. And that means you, that gives you five wins. If Miami, if Miami loses again, they have to play Miami again. So they they have it's, the well, – I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's not going to matter, right? The Patriots aren't going to make the playoffs. They're just hurting themselves because the Dolphins are still going to finish ahead of them in the East. The Bills will still finish ahead of them in the East. And I'm sure, you know, the Raiders or Colts or Texans or something will, will finish ahead of them too. Not the right? Texans. The Texans. I think you meant the Titans. But, no, the Texans are up there too. Aren't the Texans no, they're 2-7. The, and seven. Well, the Texans stink. Oh, they're 2-7 right. this year. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. In the South, it was the Colts and the Titans. Right? Yes. That's who I was thinking. Sorry. Um, I, there's going to be other teams that are going to finish ahead of them. The Raiders, the Browns. Not necessarily. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at the Patriots' schedule, and it's not easy. Uh, they actually have the hardest schedule going. There are games that are winnable for them. And if the Patriots just bite down and play the way they did against Baltimore, I think the Patriots could win five or six of the last games. Yeah, I, but they're, they're not going to play that way, though, right? Because they don't list, listen. Edelman's coming back, right? Edelman's coming back. They also have what's his name again, Neil? He didn't practice today. He didn't practice. No, he didn't practice. I'm I'm not. He's not out for the season, Jeff. You're going to have Edelman back. You're going to have Nikhil Harry back. You're going to have weapons coming back. You have Harris. He's working on all cylinders. Yeah, he's a special player. You 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 can absolutely win six out of your last seven games. You can have, and I think the Patriots. No, there's no chance. There's no chance. I I I beg to differ. The Patriots. The Patriots do not have a quarterback. There's been three quarterbacks that have played this year, from Brian Hoyer to Jarrett Stidham and Cam Newton. And the best pass thrown all year was by Jacoby Myers this week. Again, I understand what you're saying, and I know you want to go taking shots at Cam Newton. Cam Newton's been a great leader. I, I wasn't taking a shot at Cam Newton. I was taking a shot at every quarterback the Patriots have. Cam Newton, and I, I, I think Big Cam thing. Newton has been a good leader for the Patriots. When, when you look at some of the players and, and, and really some of the losses that they had early in the season, they have more injuries. he's been the reason why they've lost. I, I don't blame Cam Newton for that. And I, he'd be the reason why they won against the Baltimore Ravens, yes or no? Uh, no, definitely not. He didn't have a good night. Uh, uh, he, he made the, the plays at the end of the game that helped him win the game. Come on. Jeff, no, just because Damian his numbers. Harris, Damian Harris led the charge, right? Yes. Uh, Jacoby Myers is throwing touchdown passes over him, and the defense. Oh, like, could great. you That's stop? Could you stop? You're you're, you're out the of your one, mind. You're the you're the one texting going. Oh my God, Damian Harris kids. Oh, he's fantastic. I, I I said that, but it's not just him. You, you, uh, Cam Newton played decent. He didn't play bad. But Cam Newton has been horrible all year. You go back to the Denver game that they lost. Cam Newton was terrible. You go back to the Bills game they lost, why did they lose? Well, Cam Newton dropped the ball running in the open field and fumbled and gave it away. You go back to the Seattle game, why did they lose? Because Cam Newton fell down. Yeah, but that was a high-scoring game, though. terrible. 
Cam Newton is completion percentage this year has been over 68%, which is great. Cam Newton's been terrible. Uh, But his completion percentage is over 68%. How many players in the league have a completion percentage at 68? Please tell me. Right. Hold on. Who? Hold on. But all of his passes have been like under five yards. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How many players, how many quarterbacks in the league is throwing a completion percentage at 68? I mean, you clearly haven't been watching any. Country. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, because Cam Newton almost thrown almost two thousand yards. He's almost two thousand yards. Three touchdowns to seven interceptions. Absolutely, his passing He's re- almost to a thousand yards passing. That happened in like Patrick Mahomes. No, oh, two thousand, two thousand, two thousand, not a thousand, two thousand, two thousand. And he's and he's ran. Uh, he's I think he's run at least four or five touchdowns. So even though he's thrown seven interceptions and three, he's th- thrown three touchdowns. He's run five touchdowns or six touchdowns already. So uh, again, Cam Newton doesn't have a lot to work with. He has no Edelman. He has no Nikhil Harry. He has no weapons. But it's Cam Newton's so, fault. Hold on, hold They're hold still at four wins. Hold on. Uh, are, are, the, are the Patriots receivers, which admittedly are not very good, no, is the Patriots receivers' fault that Cam Newton's the ball in the open field? Hold on one second. Is that what we're, is, the is, Patriots' right? offense, the Patriots' wide receivers are just as bad as the Jets. Actually, they're probably worse. Okay, probably when, worse. When it was four, when it was when it was fourth and ten against the Broncos, and Nikhil Harry was wide open, and Cam Newton went to go throw him the football. The, the so because he made a mistake, yards. because he made a mistake, he's had a terrible season. He made one mistake that stood out to you. He's he a terrible quarterback. Can't throw the ball downfield. It's horrible. It's horrible. I beg to differ. I think he needs to plant his feet better. If he plants his feet, you see what? If you watch the football game, even against the Jets, and they were explaining when he keeps his legs um, wide, he gets the ball out to where he wants it. He's he's accurate when he's when his when his feet are together. He doesn't get the ball. He throws interceptions. They showed it on TV. That's the problem with Cam. Cam looks at his game as athletic ability, just straight up athletic ability. If well, he you're starts, not going to teach a thirty-year-old guy how to throw a football completely different than he's been doing his whole this life. This guy won an MVP, Jeff, three, four years ago, with not a lot of receiving help either. I mean, three, come on, four years ago, what world are you living in? He did. He 20, won. 2015, he won an MVP with a, re- a receiving core that their best player was probably Ted Ginn. <laughs> so six years ago, he won an MVP. Five years ago, if you really want to put it. It's five years ago, 2015, 2016. I said four to three years ago, so I would say and four. And he's been a train wreck of injury since then. Yeah, so is half the quarterbacks in the league. What, what, what do you think he's, he's Get only— Get this guy off my football team. Get this guy off my football team. I know you don't like Cam Newton. I know you don't like him. But what are you going to do when he goes? I would like him if he was play, and I would like it. I would like him if this isn't like a, a, a style thing or whatever. I'd like him if he was winning football games. He is specifically. Where do the Patriots go? Where do the Patriots go in the draft? Do they go after Please the BYU guy? Let it be Trey Lance. Do you go after? No, dude, I'll take I'll take Zach Wilson, but I would mm-hmm. prefer Trey Lance. Okay. Are Are you willing to move up to get him? I don't know if they'll have to. Uh, but this is why I want to lose football games. I don't want to have to move up to get him. Let us draft in the top ten and we'll get him. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Not anymore. Unless Wilson gets Heisman hype, I don't know if he'll, they'll need to trade up for him. Lance, I don't think they would have to at all. They're saying Wilson is moving up in the draft. Yes, board. because he's had a great year. He could be. He could win the Heisman. Year. He's been phenomenal. He, he's moving up. He's they, been great. They're, they're saying he's a top 15 pick. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and uh, he could be a top ten pick because yeah. uh, you could see four quarterbacks going in the top ten. Right. If he wins the Heisman, they're going to be all kind of Heisman hype for him. No, you got Trevor that. Lawrence and Justin Fields, definitely one and two, definitely one and two. Okay, then you have uh, you have the BYU Wilson and the kid uh, from Lance, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, yeah. Trey Lance. They say could go. Um, he could go to the Giants. So some people say that the Giants might be looking at a quarterback, or he could fall to. Um, who, who's the other team sending? Indianapolis. Indianapolis okay. can move up and get him. Or, I mean, there's another kid to throw in there too, Jamie Newman. Okay, yeah, I could see that kind of thing happening too. I mean, are 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 you going to take a chance on these guys on, in the first round? Who who who's the guy that really, out of the Patriots, out of these quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, which you're not, you have no chance of getting? Trey Lance. Trey Lance is the guy I want. Trey Lance. Why? Because he's 6'4", and he runs like a deer, and he's got a cannon for an arm. And that's the guy you want. That's the guy you want I mean, to that's, replace Tom Brady. That's the new – well, no, he'd be replacing Cam Newton. No, he's replacing Tom Brady because Cam Newton is, is just no, there for a year. Be. He's replacing Tom Brady. Cam Newton's there for a year. He's just a so fill-in. the Patriots have no quarterback right now? Oh, my God. Tom Brady's been there for 20 years. He left for one year. You have Cam Newton for one year, and he's replacing Cam Newton? He's replacing Tom Brady. That's what he is. Cam so, Newton's just a so fill-in. no one currently playing quarterback. You're an idiot. You know that? You, you're on pain in my ass. You really are. You really I are. Mean, give, me Trey Lance, give, me, give me Trey Lance all day long. He's got the size, the speed, the arm. And if you look at the NFL, right, this is, Trey Lance is the new NFL. You got to be able to run around. You got to be able to throw. You know, he's got the same game. You know, I'm, I'm going to make these comparisons stylistically, not production wise, so calm down. But he's the same as Russell Wilson. He's the same as Kyler Murray. He's the same as Patrick Mahomes. They're all scramble dudes, you know, throw first. But if you give them a little room, they'll run with it. So is Trevor That's Lawrence. Lance. So is Trevor Lawrence, and so is Justin Fields. But they're not going to get those guys. <laughs> they're not going to get those guys. All right, three but, of them. And right, I'll tell you this: I like right. Justin Fields. I, I I like what I've seen with Justin Fields. He he looks special. He really yes. does. He looks like a special I mean, player. I I worry about I worry about Justin Fields. Why? Maybe an Ohio State quarterback that was any good. I say that all the time. But Justin Fields really wasn't brought. He, he was brought from Georgia. He's really a Georgia quarterback that obviously was a, you know, I don't, I don't know what the, what the heck Georgia was thinking. They let him go over there, and he let him go to Ohio State, and he becomes one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I get it, but Ohio State is one of those offenses, much like Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma has the same track records with, yeah. with Hypo and – and, you know, but listen, Baker Mayfield wasn't doing so good. Jalen uh, Hurts, you know, had big numbers. He's not really playing. We don't know what Jalen Hurts is right. yet because we haven't seen him play. Right but, right, but big college numbers at, at places like Ohio State and Oklahoma don't necessarily tra- uh, translate to NFL success. That's all I'm saying. No, I've said that. I've said that, too. But I think Justin Fields is a different quarterback. I, I just think he's different. He's a lot more polished of a thrower, I think, too. Than this, guy was one of the best, this guy was one of the best uh, best prospects coming into college football. He was a top prospect. Him and Trevor Lawrence were one and two as uh, as the top prospects in the country. Listen, Justin Fields, listen, Justin Fields could turn into a great player. I'm not discrediting discrediting that, but all I'm saying is the things that you're currently saying about Justin Fields are the things everybody used to say about another Ohio State quarterback in Troy Smith. Troy Smith is nowhere close to the player of Justin Fields' potential. They're the same player, though. They're that guy that can run and. 
You know, he, he Justin Fields is I, he, he's as good a pocket quarterback as he is a fronting. Yeah, Troy he's Smith. Good. I don't think ever had that type of draft. Dude, he doesn't team. throw any interceptions. He's thrown no interceptions. He's what? He's thrown no interceptions this year. He's thrown three interceptions. I mean, he's, also played, he's also played garbage teams like like Nebraska, Penn State. Has Penn State even won a game? No. <laughs> Indiana like, single-handedly ended Michigan and Penn State. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, this is going to be his, this is going to be his toughest test coming up in Indiana. <laughs> All right, and we'll see if he can beat him, and I think he will. Troy Smith, by the way, was a fifth round pick. Yeah, Troy Smith is nothing like Troy. You're, you're talking about you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks. I, I, I'll tell you this: Trevor Lawrence and um, Justin, Justin Fields. Fields are both going to be stars in the NFL. I think they're I'll both tell you what, if you could, if, I'll tell you what: if you could go, if you could turn your TV to black and white mm-hmm. and take off the off logos and colors off the jerseys, so you couldn't see, you know, the difference in uniforms, there would be literally no difference. Between the, the, just the game, the style of game of Justin Fields and a guy like Achilles Smith. Achilles Smith, wow! I'm telling <laughs> you right now, you are completely wrong, and this this might come out come back to bite you as as bad as the beef. No, telling, um, me, no, telling me, no, telling me, telling me that telling you, you I, I remember the beef telling me that. Ezekiel Elliott could play it behind the same <laughs> offensive line as Barry Sanders. You're going to honestly sit here and tell me no, no, no. that I, that Justin think, Fields is another Troy Smith? No, no, no. I'm, listen, Justin Fields could be great. He has all the tools, right? But I'm just saying success at a place like Ohio State, much like Oklahoma. I agree with you. I'm the, really I, that's one of the things that I've argued. Jeff, if you listen to the show, that is the one thing that I've said. Ask Speedy. I've said this. I said it on the Weekend Crunch. The one thing that scares me about Justin Fields is he's coming from Ohio State, which if you look at the background of their quarterback display, it hasn't been good. Alabama. I said that. Same Alabama. thing with Alabama. Same thing with Alabama. You know, uh, that's why I think Tua is not going to be good. But we've seen with Clemson. Obviously, we see Deshaun Watson. We, we see what he is. And they're saying that this kid, Trevor Lawrence, is way better than Deshaun Watson is coming out of the draft. So it, it, it's, you know. But yeah, I, Deshaun Watson was the first one from that school because it was another guy exactly like Deshaun Watson at Clemson. His name was Taj Boyd. Taj I remember Taj Boyd. Yep. He couldn't even make an NFL roster. No, I know that, but he wasn't a top draft pick. No, I think he was a sixth-round pick. He wasn't a top draft pick, Jeff. You're talking about Deshaun Watson was a top-ten pick. You're talking about Trevor Lawrence. He's a sure thing, number-one pick. Those guys aren't. That, that, kid, that kid was nothing compared to these guys. And Taj Boyd's and, very similar to those other running and quarterbacks Taj, you were mentioning. And Taj Boyd was never coached by what's-his-name again? Dabo Sweeney. Yes, he was. Was but, he? Yes, he was. Was it? I, didn't, I don't remember that. But, again, he's very similar to Was it to the all, first year for Dabo? Uh, it might have been the first no, Taj, two, Taj third was year. The one, Taj was the one that built that 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 school. Taj was the one that turned that school into a into a football. Wasn't school. that they the first year for Dabo? Was that that was that the first year for Dabo Sweeney? I think he was there first. Oh but God, I don't think so. I think Dabo was there already. I think check was, that out. Go no, look. I think don't Taj, think look. I think Taj Boyd was Sw- Dabo's third year in and at Clemson. Just look it up. I, look, I, I'm not. Yeah, like, 2009, just, 2009 was Clemson, and uh, Tosh no Boyd was 2012. But, he started there. I'm not telling you Justin Fields is going to be no good. You're agreeing with me that, you know, that school is deceiving as far as uh, what those quarterbacks can and can't be. But we have never seen a top-end prospect, number one or two in the nation, going to, uh, you know, went to Georgia and then goes to Ohio State and 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 – 
Ohio State never had a top end, you know, top prospect like that. Who was the last one to come from them? A top prospect at the quarterback position. At the quarterbacks. What yeah, are you talking not... about? There's Tardell Jones. There's Braxton Miller. They were they, they were top uh, top two picks. I, I mean, I think Jones was yeah. He's right about that. But, again, those weren't NFL-type quarterbacks. They weren't expecting them. They were great for that system, what, what well, Urban Meyer was well, running. What about, listen, I just, named, I just named two in Cardell Jones and, and, and Braxton Miller who had to change the wide receiver. What about Terrell Pryor, Hatton? too. How's he doing? Who? Terrell Pryor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Terrell Pryor's another one. Terrell yeah. Pryor was How never going to make it as a quarterback in the NFL. Justin Fields Dwayne is Haskins. a guaranteed. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Well, he's a little different stylistically than the other ones Dude, we mentioned. You're talking about one of the more uh, accurate throwers in college football right now, in in Justin Fields. Those guys weren't accurate so was like Dwayne this. Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. So was Dwayne Haskins. No, Dwayne Haskins. First of all, played in an offense that was completely different than this. Completely. It's similar talent wise, though. He's right about that. No, no. It's it's literally it's literally the same offense. I, I don't. I, I, I know. I know. It's Ryan, the same coach. It's. I think it's a different offense. I think it's a different it's offense. Not Ryan Day. It's not Ryan Day was the offensive coordinator under Urban Meyer. Okay, it's literally the same offense. Doesn't doesn't mean that uh, you don't change things up when you have a different style of quarterback. They haven't changed anything. I'm telling you right now, they've Justin, I will put money. Are you ready to hear this? I, I'm willing to bet you that Justin Fields is going to be a sensational NFL quarterback. Sensational. Very well could be, but their, their history of quarterback tells me otherwise. That's all I'm saying. Mm, uh, I could say that about a lot of teams. I, I'm, Were you I, worried about Sam Darnold with USC? <laughs> no, he wasn't. I don't think he was either. I don't well, think I don't, really I don't like think Sam I don't, I don't think Sam Donald's is is done yet. I think he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to be successful. No, I'm, that's what I'm I saying. I don't Sam remember Donald Jeff being down on Sam Donald just because of USC. No, I, I definitely wasn't. And I, I, you know, and I'm also a guy that likes Josh Rosen. That hasn't exactly. And that's out. that's a guy. If I were either. the Patriots, if I were the Patriots uh, coming into the offseason, I would bring Josh Rosen in. I would just bring him in. Yeah. And, and and see what you because you you know Bill Belichick Bill Jar Bill Belichick could find him as a gem a guy that you can bring in work your offense fit your offense behind a line of scrimmage build an offensive line around him and and let his let his arm do the talking and he fits the mold because Tom Brady is just like Josh Rosen outspoken and has his own thoughts to who he is you know so I I think Josh Rosen has a lot to prove and the fact that he's playing for the practice squad for Tampa. I think that you bring him in. Just take a chance with him. He's got the ability. He's got the talent. I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think he's leaving Tampa. I think Bruce Arians has his eye on Brady being there for another year and then having Rosen ready to take over. You mm, think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think if you, if you look at the myriad of quarterbacks that they have had and, and, and have tried and it hasn't worked, this is easily the better blueprint for what they've had. They've gone, they went from Mike Glennon to Jameis Winston. They've had just a, just a ton of mistakes at quarterbacks in Tampa. And, you know, who better to learn under, right? So Well, he's playing on the I practice. He's not on the, he's not on the bench. So if you have him as a, if, right, but it doesn't, but it doesn't matter. He's still there at practice with him every day, learning. A lot of his strengths, also too, when we were scouting him for the draft, were very similar to Bruce Arians' offense. And remember, Arians only left the Cardinals because of health reasons. It's not like he got fired. Well, that's why I think Josh Rosen. You know, I think right now, if I were the Patriots, I'd find a way to bring Rosen in. I would try because I, I think that's a guy that really is 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 outspoken. 
His personality fits what the Patriots, the mold of Bill Belichick. You put him under Bill Belichick and, and, and McDaniels for, for a year or two, I mean, you could turn him into a, a pro Bowl quarterback. I mean, he's got the ability. Everybody knows that Josh Rosen's got the ability. He can make all, all the throws. He's just they didn't Arizona didn't build the team of the proper way around him, right. and Kingsbury didn't want him, which I think was I don't which think it was a mistake. Out to, which turns out it to wasn't work a mistake. Now, right? it, it wasn't a mistake because Kyle Murray's a star. He is a star. That's a guy, that's a kid that's going to win an MVP. <laughs> You know, he's really Yeah, good. he's not regressing, Josh. Oh, my God. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> I can't believe he said that when he said he was regressing. I was like, where is he regressing? Stevie, I mean, Stevie how do you feel about the Cardinals picking up your guy, DeAndre Baker? Oh, oh man. he's going to be a number four corner for them, but okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That helps, my man. Yeah, it does. In a world in a world of injuries, that's a great move no, for them. I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, look, there's the Cardinals. De- the Cardinals' defense is, is deeper than a lot of people think, too. So that'll definitely help. Mm. There's Lamelo. We just saw Lamelo with his nice bright earrings. I mean, <laughs> and Lavar is sitting next to him and talking about women now. I mean, this guy is now teaching him about women. I mean, I do not want to listen to Lavar Ball about women. Okay. <laughs> I love ball talking about women. Oh my I mean, god! What a joke! You gotta, you gotta give credit where credit is due, right? Mm. And I give Lavar Ball a lot of credit mm. for uh, being a whole lot quieter through Lamelo's process than yes. he was during um, uh, not Lee Angelo. Who was the other? Lonzo. 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 And you know why? You know why he's a lot quieter because Lonzo Ball has really uh, made himself look stupid. Tank. It made <laughs> him look stupid. He really did. Oh, my son's going to be the best point guard in the league. Look at his size. Look at his ability. Blah, 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 blah. His shot's going to get right, even but, better. But a, lot of people, but a lot of people don't learn from mistakes, right? A lot of people don't. So you've got to give credit where credit is due and the bar ball. But we, knew, shut up and take but we knew LaMelo was going to be the best ball out of all of them. We, everybody and their mother knew it when we watched the video when they did that ESPN special thing. Everybody knew well, LaMelo was going to be the best. what you're talking about, though. You don't. You don't know. I mean, what are we talking about? Shop I'm talking about talent. My, 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 my first round draft pick for Shoplifting is Leangelo. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Leangelo! Everybody knew he wasn't going to make the NBA. And uh, great and, shoplifter. Yeah, I'm sure he is. And he's lucky. He's lucky. He's not in jail overseas. You know, his father. You know, if it wasn't for Donald Trump, he would be. Okay, so uh, all the people that hate Donald I Trump. Mean, I'm just. Yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> Oh, God. There it is. Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Um, happy and thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us, my friend. Yeah, always a pleasure. Like, you got to let me know when the beam is going to. I'm going to get you guys on. To, to yeah, yeah. I'd love to watch you change his diaper. I want to get him in. I want to get him in. And one of these days, I'll, I'll surprise he him. He won't do it. He's too much of a baby. He's too soft. He's too soft. He will cry. Because this is the second of the three in a row Super Bowls that Dak Prescott <laughs> Am I wrong, Speedy? You are not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Right? You're crazy. And and and, and Elliott's better than Barry Sanders. But, you know what you gotta look up? Here, here's what you gotta look up. How many fumbles did Barry Sanders have in a season and see if it compares to the first five games of this season for Zeke Elliott? <laughs> No, he, he, first of all, his father, his own father told him he's an idiot. When he tried to compare Barry Sanders to Ezekiel, he, th- he said, you're an idiot. 
I mean, you're talking about the greatest running, one of the greatest, if not the greatest running back of all time, and you're comparing Ezekiel Elliott to him. I mean, come on, man. That's crazy. You know what he told me? He said, when I said Curtis Martin, he, I said Curtis Martin's way better player than Ezekiel Elliott. He says, what are you, crazy? He thinks that Ezekiel Elliott is a better player than Curtis Martin. So Barry Sanders had 10 fumbles his rookie year, but after that he had no more than six. He thinks that he's better than Curtis Martin. Oh, God. How many, how many does Zeke have so far this year? God, he had four in one game. Yeah. All I could say is he told me today that when I said that Curtis Martin's a way better player than Ezekiel Elliott, he says, what are you, crazy? He thinks that Ezekiel Elliott is better than Curtis I Martin. I don't know where it is, but where's Curtis Martin on the all-time rushing list? Is I think like five. Or five like or four. Yeah. Zeke has five fumbles this year so far. <laughs> Curtis Martin... <laughs> Curtis Martin was a first time, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Curtis Martin also had ten seasons with a thousand yards in a row. The only player to do that was Barry Sanders. Okay, he's not even Curtis Martin. The last year, his last year, he played eleven years in the NFL. He had, uh, I think, eight hundred and ninety something yards. That was the first year, his last year, uh, and he, he retired at twenty nine, thirty years old. Uh, Curtis yeah. Martin. Curtis Martin, sixth all time. So Adrian Peterson just surpassed him this year, I guess, because he's about 400 yards ahead. It's, Ezekiel it will never even touch Curtis Martin. He'll <laughs> never even touch him. And I, and I love Ezekiel. He won't even touch him. It's it's a joke. I, I can't believe you think when he said that he that he thinks that Ezekiel Elliott is a better player than Curtis Martin. I said, dude, what are you on drugs? <laughs> you're talking about one of the best running backs of all time. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's not even anywhere close to that. He's not even at the top forty right now. You're gonna put him in a top ten? I mean, come on, it's just ridiculous. I that's the one thing Ezekiel I can say. Can't even get the starting job on his own team right now. He's trying. I, I, I told everybody he doesn't fit Mike McCarthy's offense. I said it from the beginning, and he said, "No, you don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't fit Mike McCarthy's offense. Doesn't anybody get it?" He no running back has ever fit his offense. Eddie Lacy did it for one year, and then Aaron Jones the other. Ryan Grant did it for one year, like in 08, and that was it. <laughs> he was a backup player. He came from. He came off the schlep. Right. I mean, it, 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 give me a break. You cannot honestly tell me that Ezekiel Elliott is a better running back than Curtis Martin. It's a joke. <laughs> It was a joke. That was another stupid thing he said. We just need a plaque. Just I love him. Just for that take. I love him. So everyone crazy. can know. <laughs> everybody, everybody, Ezekiel is better than every running back in history. <laughs> it's going to be hard to get Steve on the show anyway. Didn't he give up for it? I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of lost with some of the things that he says, but. He's, oh, he give, he's given up. He said he burned all his Cowboys jerseys and everything. No, he didn't burn his Cowboys jerseys. He, he locked them up. And he's, well, he told me. He's starting to watch football again. He, he's starting to watch it again. He, he, listen, I told him, he, you want to sit out you know, for the first two or three weeks and not watch it to make a point, but watching, missing it a whole season, that's stupid. That's dumb. I didn't play. I didn't play fantasy sports this year because of the whole, uh, the whole situation with the, you know, what, what's going on in the world. I did not play fantasy. I'm not going to put any money, money into the NFL, the NBA, the MLB's pockets because they make money off of the, the, the fantasy. I will not put any money this year. I swore to myself I wasn't going to play fantasy sports, and I didn't. But I'm not going to stop watching sports. That's ridiculous. It's so. It's 
it's so great that the Cowboys players decided to quit playing football as soon as the Beast decided he was going to stop watching. <laughs> Actually, they stopped playing football. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's horrible. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Horrible. Mike McCarthy will be fired before his three-year mark. I told you guys this, and I'll tell it again. Mike McCarthy will not work in Dallas. I said it in the beginning, and I'll say it again. And you can all the Dallas fans the can say what I'm crazy. Come on, Speedy. What's the star on the helmet? You've heard me say it. A it is just times. a rating. <laughs> there it's you not go. Not a logo. It's a rating. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right, I'm, I'm just telling one, you the truth. One star. I'm telling one you the truth. Star, which is exactly how many stars on Yelp Beef has for his Uber <laughs> services. Oh, poor Beef. <laughs> poor Beef. But I, when when somebody comes out and says that Ezekiel Elliott is better than Curtis Martin today, it, it's oh, a joke. I, I I just I can't believe he said that. I said. Are you kidding me? I, 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 if you said that to any other person that not aka not your friend, they'd shoot you. I, I mean, and it's not even as a, me as a Jet fan. It, you ask anybody, it, you ask anybody, is Ezekiel Elliott anywhere close to what Curtis Martin is a player? They would laugh at you. They would laugh at you it's because so, it's just so great, though, isn't it? Like, isn't it just so great that he's like so delightfully stupid? No, he's just he, he he's, he's just very over. He he thinks. Uh, very highly of his Cowboys, and and that's fine. That's what he thinks. But don't ever say you're talking about one of the one of the top seven running backs of all time. You're comparing. You're first of all, Barry Sanders is the number one. It, 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 it's either Brown or him. You're talking. You comparing Ezekiel Elliott to Barry Sanders. Then today, after taking it off and laughing at it, when I brought, mentioned Curtis Martin, he's not even we're close to Curtis Martin. No. He started giggling and he said, "What are you crazy?" I said, "You think he's anywhere close to?" And he said, "Yes, I think he's just as good or better than uh, Curtis Martin." I said, "Dude, what are you smoking? Uh. What are you smoking?" <laughs> I, I mean, like, I mean, it, it remains to be seen, right? Because I mean, like, listen, with all due respect to Curtis Martin, right? Because he he did. I mean, Curtis Martin was never really looked at as like. You know, one of the top running backs at any given year, but he was just so good, like so solid. He should have so won an MVP. That- when he had 1,400 yards that year, he should have won the MVP. He got robbed. They gave it to Peyton Manning. He was the, to me, Curtis Martin was the best player in the league that year. Remember that? When he had almost 1,500 yards? He was, he, I mean, he, I get- he was everything to the Jets. He won, uh, he was absolutely fabulous that year. He was uh, the best running back in football, hands down, not even close. He should have won the MVP that year. He got robbed by Peyton Manning. I mean, did Peyton Manning have one of his fabulous years that year? No, he had a good year. It wasn't the 56 yards, the 56 touchdowns that he threw. It well, was it's a- also why I hate the MVP award, right? Because it's really stopped being about the best player in the league. And yeah. It's just really who's the best quarterback in the league. That's yep. what it's really yeah. turned that's into. What, that's why it should be different things. MVP is the most valuable player to your team. You get the guy that gets your team into the playoffs. He was the reason why you got into the playoffs. Yeah, Adrian I mean, Peterson if you're, was if you're the last running about, I mean, if you're chirping about, you know, uh, Curtis Martin with 1,400 yards being an MVP, you know, uh, Derrick Henry should have been the MVP last year. With I Well, mean, that was different. Now, that's different from, from this time, th- these days, from those days. Defense was completely different in those days. It was harder to, to, to get 1,400, 1,500 yards those days. It was. I mean, 
Uh, you, you can you can grab on corners. You can you can pull people down from their collars. I mean, Curtis Martin was a special player. He should have won the MVP. And yes, I do. People did look at Curtis Martin as one of the top three running backs in the league for like six, like five, six years. He was one of the top three running backs in the league. So yes, do I think that people look at Curtis Martin as one of the best? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. There are people that have put Curtis Martin as one of the top five running backs on some no, people's he was, list. He was terrific, but he was like. You know, no one ever really talked about him as like the top. He was like kind of one of like the underrated players for all of. Because he was quiet. He was quiet. Underrated. Yeah, because he was quiet. No, he certainly was. Yeah, and he was quiet. He did his game on the field. And I, I met Curtis Martin three, four times. And, and Curtis Martin tells the story all the time. He never wanted to be a professional football player. He didn't want to play football. His mom forced him to keep him away from the gangs. He, came, he, he used to sneak. He, he, he went into his mom's, his grandmother's house. His grandmother was ch- uh, stabbed to death. His cousin was stabbed to death. He actually was the person to find both of them dead. Okay, he, he he tells the story like it was yesterday. Football saved him, but he didn't want to be a football player. And and you're talking about a guy yeah. that was one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game. I mean, I'm just happy that the Cowboys are terrible because everyone that I despise in life is a Cowboys fan, and it's like their their misery brings me so much joy. Like I I couldn't be so I couldn't be happier. I literally couldn't be happier that the beeve is this miserable. Here comes the one pick, my friend. Thank you for calling, brother, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, Beeb, go change the diaper. <laughs> Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for our show. Thank you to Jeff. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. Weekend crunch. On uh, on Saturday at 7 p.m., tune in with me, Eric Coleman, and Speedy PD. Until then, this is Errol Marks and Speedy saying good night. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.